little optimism, 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 Op- optimism, negativity, we, optimism, optimism, optimism. I don't, I don't. I don't think I said that, but I said something <laughs> weird. Opti- yeah. Optimism. I'm not it certainly that. wasn't right. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well, that's pretty much it. So uh, let's go. <laughs> This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, and we break down one of their records. We get into the music, the lyrics, how it was made, the artwork, and everything in between. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. Go give us a follow, tell all your friends, share all the posts. Oh my God. And that's all I have for the boring intro. Uh, so yeah, this week we are doing Blink-182, we are doing Neighborhoods, um, this album was released in 2011, this features the OG, not the OG lineup, the classic lineup of Blink-182, right after they reformed again, reformed for the first time in 19, in 2009. Um, so yeah, Jeff, let's, uh, let's get it, like nobody, like people listening don't already know our, um, our origin story with Blink-182, but let's, uh, let's go over, let's go over it again. For they may that, not know. They they may be a first time listener. So they may be first time, long time, long time, first time. Is that what they said? First time, time, long time. It's first time, long time. First time caller, long time listener. Yeah. Yes. First time, long okay. time. First time, long time. First I uh, 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 so I, I I was just trying to think of it this week too, and it, an easier way for me would just be to listen to the other podcasts we do about Blink One Eighty Two, and then reaffirm my my origin story. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pressure forward and see if it's if if the linear nidge linear nidge is is consistent with my origin stories that's not even a word linear nidge yes it is L- linear linear nidge yeah linear nidge yeah linear nidge okay that's in okay. the uh let's you look it up it's a word look it up all right scrabble.com it's a word um the earliest time i remember listening to blink is on the bus on the way to camp and that was the camp was usually in August, September. And so this was after Enema came out. This was after Significant Other came out. I was I was more into Limp Biscuit at the time. And so I remember being on the bus and I remember I don't remember the counselor's name, but they were asking what I was listening to. And I told them I was Limp Biscuit. And they're like, Oh, like do you like Blink 182? It's like, I don't really know him. Like, oh, you should check it out. Listen to this. And they played me just whatever was on their whatever's going through their Walkman on on Enema the state at the time. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is fucking really good. I like this, dude. And that was kind of like the going off to to the other way there, because that was what ninety nine. <laughs> so we were like twelve. That was like my first year in camp. I yeah, think twelve. That's okay. wild. So I think that everything started with Blink, man. I know, like you know, friend of the pod, like David, the guy, woo, fucking every time we hear just story about band camp, like then you're gonna fucking hear it again <laughs> and again and again and again and again. <laughs> Because you're extremely formative in 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 this uh, in this young man's life, and that's kind of wild. Yes, like yes, it yes. just dawned on me now that like my foyer into into like pop punk and and that specific genre started from just like a counselor asked me what I was listening to on a bus on the way to camp. <laughs> that is kind of cool, though. That is kind of cool. It's pretty wild. The, the start the start of your camp life and the start of your 
your blink life. Really, the, the start of the rest of your life. Ooh, that ew, that's on the hey, that's this on the notes. The first list, right? day of my life, unless you're unless you're quoting uh, Bright Eyes and singing the song. Swear yeah, that's on the notes. Right in the doorway. Oof. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Oh, but like that. when you say it, like uh, I don't know. But like, I, I said it in a joking way, making fun of you. Yeah, so that, I guess that's a pass. It's a pass. That's all right. But yeah, that's that's my. I think that's my earliest memory of Blink is is that that specific encounter. Okay. Or right, my uh my my origin story is uh not my cousin this time around. It's uh it's actually friend of the pod, old friend of the pod John. We used to hang out a lot. A couple years younger than you and I. And uh we were at his grandparents' house and we um we were they had a golf cart and we had a little tiny radio and we just had it kind of set up on the on the golf cart. We're driving around the neighborhood. Like fucking sixth grade, driving around in a golf cart. Damn, dude, you've been driving and, golf carts um, your whole life. My whole fucking life, man. It was a blast. And uh, and yeah, we were listening to K Rock, and What's My Age Again came on right when that song came out. Uh, that that song came on, and it's one of the. It was one of those moments where I had never heard anything like it before. It was so different and so unique that I was instantly hooked, and I was obsessed with it. And then I sub subsequent subsequently went to went back home later that night and just sat next to the radio with a cassette to record that song when they eventually played it again on K-Rock. And I did, and I listened to What's My Age Again a million fucking times since. So that's my origin story, What's My Age Again with Friend of the Pod, John. And then, uh, yeah, actually, actually, I'm, I'm going to bring out my cousin. Fuck it, who cares? Damn. Um, not too long after that, my cousin was already into them through because he had Dude Ranch on CD, and he uh, he's like, and I said, oh, I really like this this Blink-182 band. They're really good. And he's like, oh, put, listen to this CD. And he made me listen to Dude Ranch, and then it just fucking blew up from there. Really, really blew up from there. Damn, but son. Anyway, that's my that's my origin story with Blink-182. So let's get into our initial thoughts on um, on Neighborhoods, on this record, this Blink record, and uh, give our, if we have any stinkers, give those stinkers, and then we'll start with our, our biggest banger. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. This is one of those records that for like the longest time, this You're a little bitch fucking about it. one guy I knew was like, oh, it's the best Blink record out there. Listen to it a million more times. And <laughs> it's just like, come on, dude, get the fuck out of here. Calm down, relax. Then yeah, uh, yeah. I will say, honestly, because, you know, whatever, but this past week, because it's been rainy out here, this one did hit a little bit harder. And uh, just, just this whole week has been a little bit weird. And. Um, I don't know, some life events happening that were kind of weird and it just, everything kind of coincided with this and it really, it really hit, it hit harder and it hit, it hit, it hit I don't know, struck that chord, struck mm-hmm. that chord that was equal parts nostalgia, equal parts emotional and it was nice. So this is the the highest I've ever ranked this. <laughs> uh, it's only going to go down from here. I know it will just because that's that's blink that's blink with me and i like to i like to be super subjective about it and just what do i feel this week i'm like you just copies and pastings not a big deal but that's just oh where it hit God. this week that's that's where it hit this week and i enjoyed it i um i have no stinkers on here that's okay perfect there's, there's nothing on here that's even close to a stinker to be honest um there are two songs that are okay which mm-hmm. are what love is dangerous and fighting the gravity what no ghost on the dance floor <laughs> No, you are so Dude, stupid. You are so good. dumb. It's just not. And oh the other my one? god, you are an idiot. Idiot. What, what, what other song do you think I think is an okay song? You're probably gonna say "Wishing Well," huh? No, You're a little idiot. This what? is home. That's an okay <laughs> song. 
What are you doing? You don't like that Shut part? Up. Oh, that's oh so good. Oh, my God. Shut the fuck up. That sounds close. That, that sounds close to that. I mean, like, if, if I could in the vinyls, I'd just skip it. Like, I would actually this skip this song. Yeah. Dang, man. You're crazy. I don't like okay. that song. Okay. Well, Ghost on the Dance Floor. So, I, I have no stinkers. I have no okay songs. I think every song on here is a fucking banger. Ghost on the Dance Floor is my 4B. And uh, oh. since you already brought it up. And then This Is Home is my 8B. So... There you go. You are you are fucking Dang. nuts. You are nuts. <sighs> okay. So let's fuck it. Let's let's start with our biggest banger. What what what's what's your favorite song on here? What's what's what? Let's do you want to do your biggest? Okay. So uh, let me also no, you, say you go first. That's always the order. Let me also say I don't want to get confused yeah. like the Radiohead. Episode. That is true. That 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 really fucked us. That was not at least <laughs> yeah, me. I just so I could not bad. do it at all. <laughs> it was um, very difficult. I didn't rank the four bonus songs in my list of bangers they're all bangers but i I rank them separately as separate bangers why you know would you I mean? do that because it's not fair because some of those songs are better than a lot of the other songs but they weren't originally on the album <sighs> but they were like released like a week later or they were not like originally on the album so i cannot uh, i cannot in good so conscience annoying. do that you could i did and my conscience is just fine so do you want my my 1b normal or do you want my 1b deluxe Let's go with normal. I mean, honestly, we're probably going to talk about almost every single song. So, and I figure our top ones are going to be pretty similar, <laughs> even though you're stupid for not for for putting Ghost on the Dance Floor solo. That, that song sucks. Here's my one B. Here's what? my one B. Normal. My one B. Normal is Wishing Well. <laughs> okay. This maybe like Gee, this well. is like one of my favorite like Tom singing songs like ever. <laughs> I just like yeah, the way song. he sings here. I just I, I like how he sounds. I like how he's enunciating these words. I like what he's doing. I like just overall. I like just how kind of like I don't want to say lazy, but just very like like fluid, very lackadaisical, very kind of like yeah, I'm just gonna do it. Like I don't really care that much, and just it comes out so nicely. Mark too. Mark does the same thing, and I like it. Yeah. So this song, "Wishing Well," is really a Tom song. It's it's the only song on the record I believe that Tom solely wrote. Uh, he brought it to the guys and they all really liked it. And this is their, I believe this is the third single. They they made, kind of made a music video for this one, but it was just a, like a compilation compilation of like live performance footage. Um, but I, I love this song. This is my 3B. Wishing Well is my 3B. I didn't separate it. I'm not a weirdo like you. I had to. Um, you had to. No. Oh my God. So... I remember a long time ago, you always used to bitch about the la da da la da 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 I'm still not crazy about them. <laughs> I'm still not crazy about them, but I think they serve a purpose because I don't see yeah. how you can go. I don't see how you can go from the verse melody to the chorus melody without doing something like extravagant like that. Yeah, like that's you, true. you need Once something again, there. His pre-chorus, his pre-chorus is absolutely killer on here. They're just a lot of does. They're fine. It's fine. That's oh, so it's, much fun it, to it's, sing. It's, it's it's utilitarian, is what it is. I like how there's no real transition from the the pre that pre-chorus into the chorus, so it just immediately drops into the to wishing well, but he doesn't sing it as as high and um you know energetic as he does that that the lot of does, yeah. which is really cool too. It's a it's little very, bit, tiny bit very, more subdued. It's very swingy. It's very kind of like lazy. It's just very like like chill, bruh. It's chill, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, and I I love the the just the the little the little chords like between 
the the different sections so it's like i went to the wishing well and then you're just that that one little quick strum and then it sink to the ocean floor quick strum again it's just he puts in just enough space to where you can hear the whole note just by itself the whole chord by itself i love it it's just it's it's perfect timing and he just does great songwriting right there Usually when he would sing like this, that first part, like went to wishing well, it sang to the ocean floor or that's how he used to sing. That's how he used to do mm-hmm. things. When he's hitting two different notes, he would chop them yeah. up like that. But now it's like a fluid thing. I sing to the ocean floor. Like it's a, he's, he's a better singer yeah. now. And it like, it shows here because again, he always chop up those fucking little notes. Nothing wrong with and that. It's, just, it's fine. And the way like he, his melodies too, like when he says, Cut up by sharpened rocks. Like it's just ba da ba da ba ba. It's very like circusy. I love it, but it doesn't sound cheesy. It's fucking catchy as hell. It's great. But for me, like it's that second verse. The second verse here is the my favorite part of the song. Different from the first. Second verse, same as the first, a little bit different, a little bit worse. I like I like how he's just kind of like singing and Mark's driving the bass line forward, hitting the notes yeah. kinda of like as he's hitting them. And I like that. I like how he says in a very short time, get a pot, better duck and cover. Like the way he just like spits out <laughs> all those words. This fucking doesn't even make any sense. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know how you're saying that. But damn, dude, like the word choice there, because everything's very like poppy, yeah. like a lot of T's, a lot of P's. That sounds so good. Gonna pop better duck and cover. Something like that. Yeah, it's very like it's very like Jimmy Pop. Like Jimmy Pop from Bloodhound Gang. It's very much like that. And then the just and then the end of that second verse, uh, a bit hard or a little misleading. And then there's like this little pick slide, just a very very small pick slide, and it goes right back into the lot of da's in the pre-chorus. Fucking great, man! I like that line Oof, before too. Can it. you figure me out? I got caught like a little kid stealing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why I like that. It's fucking. It's cool. It's, it's cute. It's fun. Oh, it's a man. fun song. I love this song. It's a fun it's song. A, it's it's straight up fun. Yeah, there's. It's just fun. And I also like in the Lotta Dawes, he he really just lets the Lotta Dawes take center stage because all he's playing on the guitar is just a single note, just a single note, just strumming, just strumming the, the single note and yeah. that's it. And then it drops into that chorus. I, oh man, dude, this song is so good. He's doing something. He's doing something. <laughs> it's almost like he's not taking any of this, the whole, the whole band too, to be honest, he's not taking any of it very seriously. Yeah. They're just kind of like letting it come out of them. Like more, it's, it, it seems like a more natural writing process. Like they, they saying we we're getting better as musicians. Let's just kind of like really focus on melody here and then church up where we can. And a lot of these songs started off with like Travis on a beat. So it kind of like makes sense because if Travis is coming up with a beat that he likes and they're just churching up the beat and going with melodies from there, it seems like a more natural writing progress rather than like trying to like pen to paper. Like how can we write a melody? How can we do something? Let's come up with something. Yeah. And you know the 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 whole recording writing and recording process of this record is so fractured. It took them I think they recorded or wrote and recorded this record over like 2 years. It kept getting delayed even to the point where Geffen Records had to step in and said this is your deadline it has to be done by this day and they finished like at like 2 o'clock in the morning the day it was supposed to be due. So they literally waited until like the last few hours to to turn the record into the label. Um <laughs> and also this record they they didn't they didn't jam together they didn't get in a room and and write these songs they all wrote separately at their at their studio so Mark and Travis were at their studio when they used to have one in LA together and then Mark, uh, Tom was in his in, down in San Diego 
different different producers for each of them. They use Chris or Mark and Travis use Chris Holmes, a good friend of theirs who worked a lot with the, the on the Plus Forty Four record, and then uh, Tom used Critter who did all the Angels stuff up to this point before he died. He died like a year or two after this record came out. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's it's a very fractured record, and there are definitely parts that show that that you can hear that that they weren't they weren't entirely synced up. It felt like it's kind of disjointed, especially like between some of the choruses and verses. They just kind of don't make sense. But overall, the record, it's okay. The record's just so good. It does not fucking matter at all. That's good. To me. It's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It is good. I, I don't think oh. it'll ever be two again for a very, very long time. For a very long time. But um, it hit hard this Call week. It was good. Little kids stealing. Good. I think I, just because I, I listened to this the most this week also, like that's why yeah. it, it, it bumped up a little bit. I just get excited when we do the pod. So like things, inevitably things get higher rankings than they probably would in hindsight. Yeah, so, I understand that. I understand you know. that. Again, I don't just copy and paste things like other people do. Um, I I don't either. I mean, if you go back and listen to our rankings that I we say just it was did, you. no, I, we literally just did them, and you heard my rankings, and I, well, I did not. Your, st- I heard your rankings that were the same from last time, but that's fine. <sighs> You're crazy, crazy for this one, Rick. Um, damn it, I was going to actually say something about Rick Rubin right now, but now of course, I forgot. Why oh, not? I bring up Rick Rubin every fucking episode. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> so Travis Barker was on Rick Rubin's podcast this week, and I listened to it. It was actually a, it was actually a very good, um, very good podcast. And Travis talked the entire time. Rick Rubin like has nothing to say. Ever. It was pretty much just Travis talking, talking. And he was saying that like in the last few Blink records, like uh, more more specifically, Untitled until now, he's the one who writes the bridges. Travis is the one who writes the bridges. And going through neighborhoods, it, that makes perfect sense because every single bridge is almost identical to to each other on every song. It's all this big drum breakdown and it's Tom just doing this super simple like chord progression, nothing like Tom and Mark are doing nothing extravagant. It's just to show off Travis's chops. Yeah. Every single bridge on this whole record. They're all the same, all the fucking same. And it all made sense once he said that on, on Rick Rubin's podcast this week. And that's just, I mean, perfect sense. They're writing drum bridges. He's just, he just, he's just doing a beat and a bridge and they're putting a little bit of music to it. Yeah. He's and it's churching it up. And it's nice and it's cool and I like that. But I mean, we, we could we could have more, we could have less. I don't know. It works here. Yeah, it doesn't always work. It works in these songs because he does it a nine, and there, there's a lot of stuff that he does like that in nine, but it doesn't really work as well there. It works almost as well because it's not Tom. <laughs> it's Feldman. Feldy. <sighs> All right. So what do you have lyrically on Wishing Well? Like a little can't steal in. <laughs> I love that. So stupid too. too. It's great. Wishing well. This is um, I think it's about Tom and just uh, his insecurities, and then he's he's yeah. like literally wishing he was a different person. Like the wishing well thing, right? You like you flip a coin in there, and you wish you were somebody else. And throughout the song, he talks about things that are him that are that are faults of his that he wishes he could change, but it's not not gonna happen. Not gonna yeah. happen. I, I think it's I think it's a bit of that and his insecurities after he left Blink the first time before he they they regrouped in two thousand nine and how he I think he was hoping for something different with his not only his career but his life and he he did he didn't quite reach his goals and 
you know, then he realized eventually that, you know, after the plane crash with Travis, you know, that changed a lot of things. And then he realized that he wanted to make music with the Mark and Travis again. So I feel like that the song is about that very specific, that very short amount of time, those four years that they weren't a band. It's crazy. That's like, my thought. Do we have to die? Right. Just oh to hear God. Tom say that he misses us. <laughs> is that what has to happen? Really? Yeah. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel like. Hey, but like, I feel especially on this record too. Tom, Tom and Mark. I mean, they've always done it, but they write. They write love songs or they write cute poppy songs, and like literally all they're talking about is each other all the oh, fucking yeah, time. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And it's 100%. just. I, I just. I can't get enough of it. I really can't, and I don't care. I love it. <laughs> I love like the the over the top bromance that that even they pretend not to have, and I just I, I eat, yeah, it up, no. eat it with the fucking it's gotten, spoon. It's gotten way more intense since they got back together this this last time. Right? Yeah, it's way way more. Because now it's like just like straight like an adult thing, and it's just something we've never a dynamic we have never seen between the two. Yeah, yeah, it's and a, a it new seems, chapter. It seems way more genuine now than it did. Like in hindsight, going back to to this era between like neighborhoods and Tom leaving again, like it's it they seem so much happier and like more friend, more like actual friends now than they did back then. It's yeah, it's 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 a different type of friendship. It's it's not like an infatuation thing where two yeah. kids have with each other. Now it's just like a a very adult, very heartful relationship. Even though it's still way more immature. Even though it's still oh yeah, to compared to like a normie to compared to the muggles of the world, absolutely. This is is emotionally still underdeveloped, (laughs) but it's cute. (laughs) Even the banter on stage when you when you see videos now of them bantering, it's it's way more jokey and like there doesn't seem to be as many like butthurt feelings about what they're saying too, which is good. It's I don't know. I think where they're at now is like really, really good. I wish they, so. I wish there was more banter now about adult things. Like I wish they would banter instead of about like dick jokes and stuff about like taxes and and, and like <laughs> I don't know like retirement so accounts. Boring. It'd be so fucking funny though. Like they can make it so funny because it'd be so dry and so stupid. Yeah, Tom has that delivery. He has that that really stupid delivery where <laughs> you just smile because he just sounds so stupid when he talks sometimes. And, and, and like you will always laugh at their jokes because they're both telling jokes they know are stupid. They know probably are not going to land, but they don't care. Fearless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fearless joke telling. Oh, man. So stupid. So dumb. All right. Wishing well. Um, what's what's your... I'm, I'm curious. Before we get into mine, what's your 1B of the deluxe, the four songs? <laughs> Even if she falls. Like, come on. That's, All right. All right. That's my, that's my actual 1B. Yeah. That's right. That is my one beat. Like that's it. that's the best song on the whole record. I fucking that's, love it. That's why I chose to do it the other way because I was like, man, I can't have the last fucking song on the deluxe version be <laughs> the best song on the record. That just it just didn't feel right to me. So then I didn't do it. And I don't care. Just because you wanted to be different. That's what I, it is. I just I wanted to give the rest of the record its its credit. That's what I wanted. I also think this song is probably like the most straightforward. Oh, my voice cracked. The most straightforward song on the entire record, musically at least, even vo- even uh, lyrically, it's very very stripped down and basic, very very basic pop punky. Yeah, love, it doesn't really it doesn't it. really go anywhere. It's pretty, it's pretty flat. It it follows like a, a specific formula. There's a couple little nuanced things that I really like. What happens, 
Like I like the mm-hmm. way we get the chorus melody in the verse with Tom's guitar. Like he's playing that ding ding. ding. He's playing that fucking melody. It's a cool little rad preview that we get. I also mm-hmm. like I also like that we get Tom doing harms with himself in the first chorus, but he's alluding to the aggressive higher pitch second chorus, right? Because the first yeah. chorus he doesn't he doesn't hit it super hard. He's not he, it, when the night will begin part. He's not he's not hitting the high notes. It's just like a normal thing. And then later on, he's <laughs> then he gets higher. <laughs> but like it's all it's all about like building suspense. It's all about building tension. And that's that's cool. That's cute. It's very well, yeah, I mean this elementary, the, but it's cute. Well, the structure of the song is a little bit weird too, because you get the first verse, the pre-chorus, another verse, and then then the chorus kicks in. So that yeah, there really is that that build. I mean, the pre-chorus is a little, just a chorus. It's just it's a chorus. It is, but I mean, he doesn't really kick it in until the actual chorus. Yeah, it's same melody, dun, same word, dun, same everything. Dun, it's just, dun, he's not dun. he's not crying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he is later on. <laughs> That's true. Oh, it's so good. Being a whiny little bitch. But yeah, this is, I mean, this is just, like the verses aren't meant to be catchy. They kind of are because you're kind of just like pumping yourself up. You're kind of getting hyped. But when the chorus hits, it's it's just so incredibly catchy. It's so incredibly fun. It hits this, it, it strikes this chord that's somewhere in between catchy blink and then just like really good angels and airwaves. Yeah, I would agree with that. Especially with the the guitar the guitar parts too. They're very angels and airwaves. They're not they're not pop punky. Even for this era, they're 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 still more angels than than blink. Just kind of like droning like a single chord or a single note rather than playing a riff, more of a riff. Um I don't know, man. I, I really like and also um he sings in a little bit lower of a lower of a register on this song that he doesn't do on the rest of the record. Starry too, which is kinda cool. Like a fair yeah. as well. <laughs> it's like kind of rasping, guttural. A little bit. La- lazy. Lazy is the best way to put it, I feel, too, in the verses, at least. But, man, that chorus is so catchy when he says, even if she falls in love. It, <laughs> oh, so good. I, I cannot sing it properly. but it's, it's all about that last part. It's all about the yeah. even if she falls in love. Like the back, you want to turn back, your heart will attack, and then we get yeah. into that, even if she falls in love. That, that's, that's the sing-along part of the entire album. That's what we oh, want to yeah. shout. Exactly. And then so at the end of the chorus too, he, he sings. So there's four lines, the, the last four lines, um, the the second of the last four lines, the second and fourth line, he, he is just even if she falls in love. But when he says even if she falls in love the first time, he it's he sing, he ends it with like on a high note. And then the very last time he says love, he ends it on a low note. And I just love that little that little kind of just that little bit of songwriting that just makes the the chorus and the song perfect. Fucking love, love it. Love, love. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then Travis is hit during the choruses. He's just fucking churching it up on the the open hi hat. Fucking so good to really drive the song along. Travis has some love really, really, really good songs. Some really good parts in this album. Um, yeah, this one like this one was good. It was fine, but there's some parts in this album and I'm just I'm very impressed by Travis. Yeah, I agree. I think this record and the Untitled record are his best drumming. Is his best drumming out of everything he's ever done with Plus Forty Four, you know, any side projects Aquabats? he's done. Yeah, oh, for sure, better than Aquabats, for sure. <laughs> that one Aquabats record. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think it's incredible. The the song the song's incredible. Okay. Um, what do you have lyrically on? Even if she falls, even if she falls in love. 
I think this is just a uh, this is a love song. I think he just he likes writing love songs. I think it's. I don't know. It's almost like it's easy yeah. writing love songs, I guess. But I don't think there's any deeper meaning to this. I think it's just a love song. I think it sounds pretty. I think he knows it sounds pretty. And I think it, just, it comes naturally to Tom and Mark just writing a love song. Yeah. I, I mean, every song on here is a love song in the end. Some except of the, for so, some of the, the ones drug I think song. can be like, be like a, a metaphor for relationship with him and Mark or or like wishing well where it's like a love song but it's also like him like really wanting to be a different person and admitting his faults this one i just think is a love song yeah this is definitely the most stripped down when it comes to lyrics even and musically too um to me i think it's just about a girl that he knows he doesn't have a, he doesn't he doesn't stand a chance with and even if she were to ever show interest in him he would be too much of a pussy to to follow through and i think that's what it is i think that's what this song's about and Another thing about this record, lyrically, there are a lot of words, a lot of words. Like every line of of every verse is fucking long. Like it's not a, just like four or five words. It's like 10 or 12 words. And they don't always rhyme and they don't always make sense. Like the second verse, right? She was like a blade of ice, like a lonely road, yeah. clearest day alive. Clearest day alive. Clearest alive day alive. Okay. I don't know. I, I I agree. I agree with you on that for sure. But I do also like his lyrics a lot. I I kind of forgot like about the lyrics on this record, and he he they write some good shit on here, some good metaphors, and just overall just good good songwriting, good lyrics, man. I mean, stay in your lane. You he you know what we know what he does best. This is what he does best. And when he's yeah. writing from the heart, when he's shooting from the hip, when he's writing love songs. Whether or not he's talking about Mark, usually he is. Like, that's what he does best. <laughs> and when he stays in that lane and writes those type of songs, it's great. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. You get it a million times. It's, it's always great. Clearly, we are smitten with Tom. Smitten but, with Toms. Um, yeah, anyway. Even if she falls. Uh, anything else on this one? No, that's it. All right. So what's your number two? What's your 2B? Two you didn't even number say, two banger. You didn't say your 1B. That's not deluxe. Because I'm not doing that. I'm I don't. I don't that. like that. What's your? What's your? Just do it. So wait. Okay. So so it's it's even if she falls, snake charmer. So snake charmer. Um, oh, you're fighting the gravity. Off. No, I'm just. What's the fourth one? Hearts all gone. Interlude. Oh, the interlude. Okay, so the interlude's the worst one. But okay. Um, that the whole record. Well, no. I mean, I to me, I just put the interlude and the actual hearts all gone song into one. I didn't separate it. So okay. and even still out of the deluxe songs, the interlude is is the bottom, bottom four, bottom of the four. Um, okay. You're right there. No, those are all words. So, so yeah, I guess then my my two my number two deluxe is uh Snake No, it'd be, your, it'd be your number one non deluxe. That's even if she falls. No, that's, that's my number one overall song. But the, what's your what's your Highest tier. Oh, oh my highest high, okay, okay, non-deluxe. Okay, it's after midnight. <laughs> after midnight. What you you talking shit about this one? No, that song's so good. <laughs> I know. It's fucking the fourth song, and it's just like, how could you? How could you possibly get better than this? <laughs> like, how could you do better than this? And like yeah. being like a single, being like a popular song from this is just like you don't fuck with the song. You really just don't. My, I mean, I I know I, I said like my favorite Tom thing was earlier, but. I have like two favorite parts of this of this whole album. One is a Tom line, and one is a Mark line. But when Tom okay. says "driving me crazy," dude, 
I get weak. I'm crazy. I get weak. <laughs> <laughs> I get weak. It's so good. It's, it's I just, just oh my good, god, yeah. it's so smooth. It's driving me crazy. I don't think we've ever heard him like <laughs> talk like that before. It's a little, oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> a bit of pain will help you suffer. Wait, wait. How does he say that part too? <laughs> oh, Hold on, as we crash to the earth. A bit of pain. Wait, a bit of pain will help you. I don't know. He he has just a weird way of singing. Oh <laughs> man. Because you're driving me crazy. crazy. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird pacing. It's a weird pacing. And then so, oh, so it, like I, I love that guitar part. I really, really do love that guitar part in the but, verses. But there's two. There's two. There's two like things going on for the contrast, right? There's just like yeah. the open chords that they're kind of like thing, and then the dun and then he d- and then he starts playing the company the the high part. What, what would that be called then? Not the. I don't know what that would be called. They're both whatever just kind of like lead parts because they're both kind of yeah. in the front doing something. Just the over the distorted one sounds louder. Mixed yeah, higher. that's true. That's true. And it, so whenever you watch them play this song live, the just the big the big power chord parts that dunnut dunnut. When they play it live, he uh, he puts that on a loop. So he'll play that initially and then loop it for the verse while he plays the higher the higher clean part. So that that so he's playing. So both parts are playing at the same time live, and then once the the chorus kicks in, then he hits he stops the loop and then plays that just that that little chord progression, and then it drops back into the verse again where he hits the big heavy power chords to loop once again. It's so rad watching them play this song live too. That's cool. Um, super cool. fucking rad. But also, so that that pre-chorus, this pre-chorus is one of the another instance where it's way better than the actual chorus. So, you know, no, <laughs> no, yes, it is. That no. pre-chorus. He's just talking. Bite your yeah, lips. It sounds the great. A robbery. Robbery. Did you get in the dog? You're killing me. Killing me. All along, we talked of forever. I kind of think that we won't get better. It's just this, this pre-chorus is very angels in here. We've sounded. <laughs> that's why you like it so much. It but is. It's so, I know. I don't care. I don't give it a also, fuck. It, it also Did just you know? exists just Pierce to like day. drive Mark's part home. Just to drive that chorus home. It yeah. sets him up so nicely. It's just like. Does throwing the ball up and letting Mark spike it because Mark comes in hard, dude. He comes in he hard. Comes in he comes in hard. aggressive. He's like yelling. It's it's nice. It would have been kind of cool if that the last line in in the pre-chorus he extended it out a little bit more so they they kind of so Mark's thing over him. It's like, did you know I'm here to stay? But he he cuts it off a little bit too short and then Mark comes in. But if there was some overlap, oh, that'd be that'd be incredible, fucking incredible. God damn. Dude, Mark's always does such a good job of just, it's not like, we'll stagger home after midnight. Like, he changes the midnight. Yeah. It's either midnight or midnight. So, it's, you know, he's, he's always churching up a little bit. I would have liked, <laughs> they always do things best when they're switching verses, right? When it's not just Tom verse, Tom verse, Mark chorus, Mark chorus, when they switch off like that. This is one of the instances where I think it would have worked really well to have Tom set Mark up and then Mark set Tom up. I yeah, really that wish I would have cool. heard that. That would have okay. been really cool. Oof. But damn, but this into is a another fucking banger of a song. Where does this one sit for you? This is my three B. Okay, pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just second verse, Tom doing more of the Tom thing on this one. I mean this this whole this whole song oh, is just man. about like resonance. It's just a lot of chords. They're allowing them to just exist for their sound, ring out, just let it just be be ambient noise. But then Mark has really really cool squirrely bass lines. Like he's going all the way up and down that neck. And he also yeah. uses a lot of chords. 
He's the, he loves the chords. He loves the chords. Like Mark's got an iconic kind of pop punky way of playing the bass. And mm-hmm. like the more we kind of dive into Blinks, the more we realize he's not like the best bass player in the world, but he has a way of him. You he know has a it's style, Mark. That's for sure. You yeah. know it's Mark when you hear it. And this is a perfect example. And he's he's slaying it, and it's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. crazy. <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy? I just realized too that Mark fucking yeah. does that shit in uh, that song he did with Al City. Oh my god! Wait, Mark did a song with Al City. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He Dementia. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that song. And he says it the exact same way. Does he? Yeah. No. He says it the no. he says it the exact same way. That was 2012. I just looked it up real that's, quick. So that was after. So Mark real ripped fast, off like, Tom. Yeah, okay. I swear to you, dude. I'm gonna put in the notes in the show. I notes. believe you. I believe you. I believe. He, he says it the exact same way. That's crazy. Driving me crazy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I kind of blew my it. mind a little bit. I'm putting in the show notes. So you're going to fucking listen to it in two years, probably. Yeah, or never. Um, just kidding. And the drumming. The, so the, this whole this whole song began around a drum beat that Travis made up, uh, just kind of on the spot, goofing around. And he showed it to the to Tom and Mark. And then they decided, oh, my, oh, let's go. That that beat is great. We'll write a song about it, around it. And then they, they, they went off from each other and wrote, each wrote a part, brought it together, and it somehow worked. And they they equate the the process of writing this song to "I Miss You." It happened very much the same way, where they both went off, did their own thing, wrote their part, and then came together, and it ended up working out. Which I with "I Miss You," I feel like that's kind of bullshit. I don't, I still don't, I don't really believe it, but that's if, what they said if, about this one. If like John and Paul had said that, would you believe them? <sighs> Right, like if, if I would, if, I would if, because there because the contrast between the two vocal styles and the two kind of songwriting styles are much more different than Paul and John are. Like, yes, they sound different, but there's not like a, a huge contrast in in their voices, like Mark and Tom. They they both have very different styles of songwriting. So for it to like all of a sudden like randomly make sense and mash up, eh, I don't know. When they're writing separately, I don't, I don't think so. I don't really buy that. But I wasn't there, so what the fuck do I know? But I do like, I do like uh, Travis's kind of churched-up drumming on here. It's, it's kind of complicated. It's kind of tricky, a tricky beat, but it's very much a loop too. And I, I, I just love it. I love it for its, its simple, it's, it's simple sounding ways, but. But deep down, or when you really think about it, it's a little bit more complex than most drummers would would play a song, especially a pop song like this, because it's a fucking pop song. Yeah, love it, yeah. fucking love it. He his hi hats, his hi hat slays. So he really, he really, really lets loose in this record. Like he does oh, whatever yeah. the fuck he wants to do. But I think he never, he never enema of the states it. He only like self entitles it. Yeah, I totally agree. There's there's so much open space on this record. Which I love about it too. Which also, which is, for me, why I love the Untitled record so much is that it, you're not filled with just noise and a wall of sound like you hear on One More Time. It, it's just you're you're blasted with just noise and distortion and there's no there's not a ton of nuance on that record. But on this one, just there's so much emptiness and I love it. I fucking love it because it lets every guy every every member's part kind of shine, but still, it all works together. It's just not blown out. Love it. I do. I I do believe that they write 
like they would go separate quarters and write the same song. Like I, I, I do believe. I think they're on that level, connected wise of of like the great songwriting duos of all time. I, I just, I, I, I do believe it. It sounds so far fetched, but it's just like these guys write the same fucking song over and over and over, and every single time the melody is vastly different and it's always incredibly catchy. But they really just yeah, write the same song true. over and over and over. They do. It's so good though. So good. All right. Uh, they also made a video for this one, um, and they actually filmed this at the um, the the hangers, the blimp hangers in Tustin, California. So very close to where where I live and where Jeff used to live too. Um, which one of them actually just burnt down like a few what? months ago? Really? Uh, yeah. You didn't hear about that? You don't Isn't remember that, that by the the OC Sheriff like uh, Academy? Is that where they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's right over there. So yeah, it's right off of uh, Jamboree Boulevard, Jamboree Road. I mean, if anybody is familiar with Orange County. But you know, there are these two giant hangars in the middle of a city. Well, at the time when they were built, there was nothing, literally nothing out there. But now there's the city's built around this this old military base. And there's these two giant blimp hangars. And they were all, they're actually, they're made during World War II. They're built and they're all, they're made of, all of it is wood, except for like a small part of it, it's is stone, but everything else is all wood. And uh, one of them caught fire like four months ago and, and burnt down completely. But the other one's still standing and they're fucking oh huge. God. They're fucking huge. Yeah, they're um, really big. I think they were made to like build, like actually build blimps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To build and, and store blimps in. That's cool. During World War II. It's fucking so rad. But are um, so dumb. <laughs> You know, okay, so I don't know how true this is. I don't know how true this is, and I and I haven't looked it up, but I've heard that the reason why the buildings in New York are so tall, like the Empire State Building, because that was built like when the 1920s or something like that, the reason why the buildings are so tall was because they were meant to be um, like almost like parking lots for blimps. Like blimps could park at the top of these giant buildings, and then people could, you know, go down the building out onto the street. Interesting. And I, like I said, I don't know how true that is, but that is super fucking cool. Where, where did you even, where I did you don't even that? know. I don't even remember. I don't remember, but okay. it was like last week I heard about that. Oh, so like super recent. Maybe. I yeah, don't... yeah. It was like last week. Damn. Where did I, I mean, that it was, was somewhere on TikTok that, for what that's because worth. Like, how would they, they don't blimps get those, those like fucking like Zeppelin blimps. They can't park on one of those buildings. The Zeppelin blimps are fucking huge. Well, yeah, I mean, but look, but think about how tall the buildings are. I mean, you've been to New York. You've been to the Empire State Building. I mean, there's nowhere to park from what there. you like, said and what I've heard. Like, what? You know, like you can't park or anything like that. You just like drop a ladder down. Now people like crawl off a ladder. Yeah, maybe that's what they they would do, or they, that was have the plan. Fucking people crawling off ladders, fucking. That yeah, high it was the, the 1920s. It was the 1920s. You really <laughs> think safety was like a big concern for people? When, Come when on. was OSHA created? Like, chi- like, like, like child labor was still this. happening. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah nowadays that shit wouldn't fly but the 19 over 100 years ago come on come on guy that's pretty that's pretty wild to think about like like yeah i i don't know when the empire sea building was constructed but I, they, some of those buildings are like 100 years old at least yeah that's nuts damn anyway oh and two that's fucking um, wild dude like i like i guarantee the fucking notre dame cathedral in the new york's got to be at least 100 years old right like that's uh, yeah, oh. I would. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of New York would have to be even, even like the shitty rundown parts of New York school, are, dude, are at least hundred years old. I mean, think about it. Like New York was, 
I saw something else about New York. Like there was like pictures from like 1890 and then like a, of like times of where Times Square is. And it's just like not shacks, but just like normal, like two story, like wooden buildings. And then it was like a picture in the 1920s and it was just like these fucking high rises. Like within like 40, 30 or 40 years, everything New York completely changed. Damn. It's crazy. I, I just I just looked it up real quick because the internet's amazing. But yeah, the Empire State Building started in 1930, September of 1930. Okay. And they officially completed April 11th, 1931. That's fast. Holy do you under, shit. Like, do you understand the efficiency there? Are you kidding me? <laughs> With construction 100 years ago? Like, like it's I nothing mean, compared to what it is. That today. had to have been because people are fucking falling off of that thing. There's no fucking way you construct something that big in less than... Dude, California would take you 10 years. Oh, yeah, at least. If it even gets finished. Holy shit, balls. That's fucking insane. That's a year. It took them a year to build the Empire State Building in 1930. Not even a year. <laughs> that's, wow. That's insane. <laughs> Aliens, man. People they built the pyramids and they built the shit. Empire State Building. Slave labor or something. Pay them a nickel for their work. I don't know. <laughs> but like you said, anyway. like or like <laughs> we were saying... Safety regulations in the 1920s and 30s were nothing. They, there was there were no safety regulation regulations. I would see like old, like, old if, you're, if you're not afraid of, of heights, then you're up there. Of like people like sitting on 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 big like steel girders with no harness whatsoever, just having their feet dangling, eating their lunch from their you know the little cooler and shit. Oh, that famous picture. And I always think like, uh, I don't know, man. I wonder if it was like a board under him or whatever. But like, I mean, because yeah, I don't know. You don't read a lot of articles where just I guess nobody thinks about it. Yeah. But then it's like over, over, it's like sometimes, you know, you go down like rabbit holes when you're on like TikTok or Instagram, whatever. And you start just watching a lot of the same videos a while, like a couple of years ago, I I went down this rabbit hole of people climbing the, um, the tower, like the, not the cell phone towers, but like the, the huge antennas that are like fucking 600 feet high or some shit like that. And you have, you can't, you have to like free climb it. And it's just one dude and they get these guys get paid a shit ton of money to do it, but they 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 free climb these fucking antennas to change out like a light bulb, Fuck that. so that planes don't crash into it. But that's the only way, only way that you can do it. And so it takes them like hours just to climb up this thing because there's no elevator because it's so narrow and small at the top. So they all they they just have a harness and they have a rope, and then they just they they click it on like a just like a like a scene clip you know that we wear on our belts. A carabiner. Like, <laughs> a carabiner, yeah. Well, I forgot the name of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, so they just like click it onto like a little like rod and then that's, that's their only safety. And then they climb up a few more steps. They take the carabiner off, click it on another one, take well, a few like steps up. They they have two, they have two carabiners, right? They click one on, as high as they can click it. And that's their, like their plant and they climb, climb, climb until it gets like to the bottom and they click the second one up and they unclick the yeah. first one and they, they just keep going back and forth. Like, take, I mean, that would take you fucking forever. But then, then it's like, like, and then I you think all your entire life is on that fucking little carabiner. Make sure it's not going to snap. Fuck that. I know some of the videos I've watched. There are moments where it, you're completely free. There is no, there's nowhere to hook on. There's nothing. So you literally, you're, you're hundreds of feet in the air with, with no safety net, essentially. And fuck that. Fuck that noise. You seen the movie fall? No. Dude, you got to watch this fucking movie fall. It's about these two girls that climb up this cell phone tower, this defunct cell phone tower in the middle of Palm Springs. Oh, I've heard of Palm this, Springs. Dude, it's wild. <laughs> it came out, I think, last year or two years ago. <laughs> I had to watch it like three pieces. It was just too intense. Too intense. <laughs> it's too intense. 
Oh, it's so stupid. Anyway. So stupid. Anyway. Owen oh, too. Dude, oh. the falling's the worst. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> the only thing like scarier is drowning. Seriously. Oh my god, dude! Like and I'm like, because you can't ask anybody with drowning too. Like, do you die instantly? Like, like I, I've heard stories that people just die in shock as they're falling. But like, do you, do you know? I don't know. Well, I mean, at least you. You kind of die instantly. I mean, not you. Kind of you do die instantly when you hit the when you hit the actual ground, and the amount of time that you're free falling. I don't know. Fuck, dude. Like, what would you think about? What What would you do? Like, would you be scared? Would you be like, well, I'm fucking gonna die anyway. Might as well just like, would you just start like talking? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> falling sucks. Poop your pants or something. I don't know. Yeah, I fucked. Yeah, I didn't know what I would do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, sorry, I don't like, I don't it. like those dreams where you fall and like before you hit the ground you wake up. Oh, dude, that that shit's Fuck that's that. the worst. Fuck that. Wake up sweating and shit. That's Fuck annoying. That that's when like your brain gets annoying. Like I'm annoyed with my brain because that's some <laughs> fucked up shit. I don't like that. It's like why why are you doing this to me? Yeah, why are you doing this to me, dude? We're, <laughs> we're the same team. What are you doing? What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, oh, and two once again. What's um okay? So that was my two B. What's your what's your what is your two B? Do you want my normal two B or my deluxe two B? Let's go with your 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 deluxe your deluxe version. I mean, you're not gonna like it, but I do like Hearts All Gone Interlude. Okay, whatever. That's I fine. I like it a lot. We might as well talk about that and the actual Hearts All Gone song because they're it's. The same fucking song. And they're both my 2B. Okay. Okay, that's stupid. What? It's good. I, I, I love the interlude so much. I like I like that story of like Mark trying to decide if he wants it to be a fast or slow song. So he kind of he wrote both and just mashed them together overall. But like this mm-hmm. is this is the plus 44 song on the album. This, this is what it fucking sounds like. This shit slays. It's dark, yeah. somber. It's kind of violent. And like bleeding into like Hearts All Gone, the normal song. Like obviously the lead up is beyond perfect. Great transition because it it's just like that single chord right in the beginning. That that's all we get. That's all we need. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so much fun. And like fucking Travis, uh, dude. He's just relentless. He's just got some yeah. fucking. He's just going crazy here. He's got some really like bad it, stuff. His drumming on this song is what he should have done on Anima. Because it's it's very churched up, but it's not over the top like on Enema. This is the perfect combination of, of what he should have been doing on that entire record. Perfect amount of church. Correct. So, in the last I, chorus, I do like this. The last chorus yeah. on, on Hearts All Gone, he slows down the beat, and so it's just but like mm-hmm. he slows it down on his own, where everyone else is just again kind of like Danny Carey and Tool. Like, oh yeah, their time signatures. Like, no, Danny Carey just is changing, and he just he knows what everyone else is doing, so therefore he starts and ends in the same spot. But the middle ground for Danny Carey is fucking a playground. That's what happens here yes. with Travis. He just does whatever the fuck he wants. He just knows that he can get back in time when he wants to because they're not doing anything else. <laughs> well, you're talking about the 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 breakdown, the bridge, right? The last, no, the last chorus. Like he sl- he slows down the does beat. Does he do it? Yeah. He's like ding 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 ding. But then oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah. It's very it's very yeah. slow. It's not like it's super. Yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But that but that last chorus is an extension of the actual bridge where That's it gets it, it's just that dun, 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 dun. it's like kind of like very kind of chuggy Metallica thing. Yeah. Where he just throws in that that little one little note that that's a little bit off the, from the chug. And uh, and then, yeah, just it's that bridge is 
the bridge is probably one of the heaviest things that they've they do on this record outside of up all night that the riffing up all, up all night this that bridge is the heaviest part of this whole record but it's uh it's good man this is my 11b though this is my 11b okay i love it but you just you just have this fucking god you just have this like fucking hard on for tom where it's just it does I not do, go away no matter what like, oh it's not tom then it's not fucking certified banger <laughs> oh i won't even listen to it like god i don't know just, why i don't know oh why you my just god i don't know why you just don't lay down lay back and accept it tom has the best songs he has the best songs he does not have the best songs because he, even their for, solo oh. project is not as good as Mark's solo project. <sighs> Wooden Toe is not as good as When Your Heart Wooden Stops Beating. Toe, it is just not. It's, it's not. just a fraction better than than When Your Heart Stops Beating. Wooden Toe is just a fraction better. It's exponentially worse, actually. Oh, you're stupid. You're so dumb. It's not. I'm just telling. Exponentially I, worse. Get the I fuck call out of here. Call it as I, as you I never call even it as listen it is. to Wooden Toe. You never. You never, you never. You never heard Wooden Toe. You never seen Angels Live. Listen, I've been. I've been listening to Wooden Toe since you were still like a wee boy suckling in your mother's <laughs> teeth. Okay, I know all about Wooden Toe. I've been there since you the were beginning. There. I yeah. told Tom about Wooden Toe. To be fair, so don't even come at me like that. Okay, baby okay, boy. Okay. Okay. Let's call him. Let's call Tom right now and see what he has. I don't to say. need to call him. He's sitting right here. What do we need to call him for? Do you want to talk to her? He says no. He doesn't want to talk to you. Okay. Uh, now Got I know him. you're lying. Now I know you're lying. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. actually know I'm lying, though. You, you're pretty sure. You're like uh, 99.9% sure, but do you, yeah, do you fucking that's know? True. Because, yeah, because in the end, you never know. Mm-hmm. You, nothing. You never know. Only a Sith deals in absolutes, right? Exactly. So that, You got a case of the Zacklies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dumbest so joke ever. Um, yeah, you, but you gotta get little kids with it because because they feel yeah, stupid. There's... <laughs> <laughs> and they're the only ones that would actually laugh about it too. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you tell the Zachley joke to an adult, they're just gonna look at you and call you fucking stupid. I think you're an asshole. Anyway, so whatever. We can to. we can move on from Hearts Like Gone since you fucking. No, I I, I do want to talk. There was one other thing I wanted to say about this, but now I cannot remember what it was. Mm, Shit. I don't know. Shit. Uh, that that's what like plus forty four does so well. It's just kind of like the like the it's it's almost like a synth keyboard driven thing. But depending if it's the bass or the guitar, but that ding 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 ding, like that's what plus forty does well. Just let everything kind of just play out. Let everything just be very dark, very like I said, very dark, somber, kind of violent. Let it erupt into something good. Plus forty four never yeah. quite erupts like this does, but it's still it's still it has really, its really good. It does. It definitely has its moments. But it never it never erupts like this. The, again, just that one chord that and then it goes into the actual the heart's all gone. Plus forty four never gets that violent. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Because that that first that first power chord that you hear in the actual song is powerful, man. And just letting that ring out and Travis church it up. I think he's hitting like an actual chord. I think he's doing like a G or something. It's just a power just, chord. No, I think it's just a power chord. I don't think it's a power chord because you hear a lot of, you hear a lot of noise. You hear a lot of like open strings. So like if he's hitting like uh, a maybe. G, it's really distorted. It's just going to sound kind of like shit. But then as it kind of rings out, you kind of get the full form of the chord. It's probably, Whereas yeah, if it was a power right. chord, it would kind of like, it wouldn't resonate as long. It would kind of just diminish real quick. No, you're right. You're right. Similar to like, similar to like "Across the Sea" by Weezer, when before they go into mm-hmm. the after the piano part and then it goes into like the power chord, then the you 
you are. Like that part? Oh, man. year old girl. Damn, so glad. Uh, we should do Weezer right now. Just fuck this episode and go to Weezer. I'd be, I'd be so down <laughs> to just do Weezer again right now. I would do it. I'd do it a million off the times. top of our heads. Do it a uh, Okay, heart's all gone. What do you, what do you have lyrically on this one? I, it, I mean, the the name of the title kind of says it. It's just about like a like a love and their heart's not in anymore. Love. Love. Yeah, yeah. That or it's it's I I kind of got to um you know thinking about this this girl in the relationship is just perfect and everything is gonna is going to go great, but then you know over over a little bit over some time, uh, the realization kicks in that she's actually really terrible and the whole relationship is a fucking mess. So, but butts are for pooping. Butts are for pooping. But yeah. here's what the song's really about because it's asked Tom sure. and Mark and they're both here. It's about Tom. This is this is Mark like saying you do your heart's not in this anymore. Like I get it. Like we can still do things and it's still fun and it's still cute and we still make music, but I don't think your heart's here. And this is just another love song that's that's a it's metaphor possible. for their relationship. I just I don't think they can write songs that are not about each other. I just don't think it's possible. Yeah, and I mean this this is really a a, a Mark song. I mean Tom's not even he's not even on this on this and. The the guitar and the riffs and everything that's not Tom. Tom doesn't play like that. Mm-mm. This is totally a, a Mark song. It's very stripped down, simple, nothing kind of quirky like Tom would do anyway. So I mean, this is one hundred percent a Mark song. And to kind of hide it, like he did, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely, I could. Tom see hides it. it too, though. Tom talks about like Mark's relationship and he hides it between hides it and um yeah in, in love songs. That's what they. That's, that's what these true. guys do. That's why we love them that's so much. Do. It's like, come on, guys! Like, we know it's about each other. Like, no, it's not. It's about something like bull fucking shit. The constant sexual tension between the two of them. Yes, yeah. that's they they, <laughs> they don't say that phrase enough about each other too. And I think that would be more funny if they did. Also, like the last time Mark says, "Like your heart's all gone," where he's like, "Your heart's all gone." Like he's just tired yeah. of it. Like he's fucking done. It's so good. Yeah, he he does sound just very defeated when he says that last "gone" at the end. And think, you know I think, what I, I just remember that's a good difference too, what? right there. Just some real quick. I think that's a good mm-hmm. that's a good thing you said. I think Mark, when he sings, he does sound very, very passionate. And you can kind of tell when he's like pleading, when his voice is is straining and he sounds exhausted after he's done singing or while he's singing things. I don't think Tom ever gets like that. I think Tom has a more kind of like playful approach to things. His melodies are 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 stronger overall than Mark's. But I like Mark's vocals because I always feel like like he's exhausted after singing a song, just mentally, emotionally, yeah. physically. Yeah, he's a more emotional vocalist, and then Tom is just quirky. He's quirky. That's what it is. Yeah. Because nobody nobody sings like Tom. Not just the sound of his voice, but how he sings too. Yeah. He has a very very unique way of of putting melodies together and putting words and sentences sentences together. Yep. It's definitely unique. Unique New York. Yes, exactly. So what I remember what I was going to say earlier was about your your comment about Chav, Ch- Chavis, Chavis, about Chavis. Um, God damn, <laughs> that's a stupid name. <laughs> I know. So so this this is another tangent I want to go on right now, real quick. Whenever I listen to a podcast and somebody and it's two people talking to each other and one of them says something like that where they fuck up a word. And when the other person doesn't acknowledge it or doesn't call them out That's and annoying. doesn't make fun of them. That's annoying. It's that, unrealistic. Yes. It irritates me so much 
because when they do that, I say what they said wrong out loud. And then I start <laughs> laughing to myself because I would immediately call that person out for saying something wrong. Like, dude, and that's what like you and I so do. You're so far up your own ass. Even if we're in the middle of like a, like a very deep emotional thing, <laughs> yes. you're so far up your own ass. You can't like like disconnect <laughs> for one millisecond, laugh, and then move forward. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, oh it, it irritates me so much. So much. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what I was going to say is on, on the pod, podcast that Travis was on with Rick Rubin, uh, Travis was saying that what he does in, in some Blink songs is that he'll change up the time signature just for him and just for people who know, but he does it. He, he says he does it in a way that it's not going to trip up Mark and Tom. And he says they never know. He says he, he gets a joy <laughs> out of like throwing in like a seven, eight time signature and then dropping it back into a four, four, especially during the bridges because they, they don't, they don't know. And he says, you're not going to know unless you're really listening or if you're really if you're a drummer and you can really hear the time signature change, but he does it just for fun. And I just like, as much as Travis irritates me because I think he has no personality, dude, the guy knows what the fuck he's doing on the drums. And it's just, I love hearing him talk about the drums. I think it's just, it's so fascinating to me and hear him just hear him just talk about that was just so cool. That's cool that he's still like that passionate about playing the drums. Right. It's so cool. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I also I like to that, that too. That I, I like that uh, because that that was like our big complaint with like Tool and Tool was Tool fans. Oh, their time signatures! Like nobody fucking knows. Nobody in that band changes time signatures <laughs> except for Danny. He's the only yeah, fucking person that does it. Get the fuck out of here! And half the time, they don't even know what's going on. Exactly, because had they known, they would have fallen apart. Absolutely. Oh man. Anyway, so Blink and Tool anyway. are the same. Well, Blink is a hundred times, million times better. Ex- than you're right. Except Blink is better. <laughs> a lot better. Tool sucks. Um, let's move on from "Hearts All Gone." What? Uh, what's what? 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 What other song do you want to talk about? I mean, we'll talk, I want to talk, we'll about, talk about every single fucking song here. <laughs> so, what do you got? What's your three B or what's your other deluxe song? Let's talk about the other deluxe song, "Snake Charmer." Okay, that's so like like "Fighting the Gravity" is my least favorite deluxe song, but I still really really like that because it's I think it's got like the for sure the outlier in the entire record. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's this is a song that weird. they've never written. There's no Blink song that sounds like this before or after. I mean, this is like even weird for like a. This is like a weird mix up of like plus forty four and Angels and Airwaves. It's a very ambient. It's very bizarre, but it's also heavy. Yeah, the the bass is super super deep on this one. There's like the whole story about. I don't know what was the story again. He just said like Mark got basically somebody slipped slipped him a Mickey and he was freaking out. Oh yeah, when it comes night. to the lyrics, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant, I meant, like, wasn't there a story about the bass, like recording the bass? Like, didn't they they come up with that tone by accident? Ah, what was the story? I can't remember right now. Maybe, whatever. I don't know. But there's there's like this this crazy like sound like um which I don't hear when I when I I guess there's like this like ringing sound at the beginning of the song, and I guess that was like a chandelier rattling. Oh yeah, because the bass was so loud. It was, um, the, but I, I don't remember what it, I don't remember the whole story. It right. was similar to like the snare chain rattling, how you like you can hear that in songs sometimes. But it was yeah. like a chandelier or something else rattling that sounded like the snare chain rattling, and they left it in. But I didn't I didn't pick up on that either. Yeah, I don't either. But it's it's weird. But whatever. But the lyrics, I feel like not only musically is this an outlier, but lyrically too, because they never talk about drugs or no. or getting high. Maybe getting like getting drunk every once in a while. There are songs about that, but. 
you know, yeah, like you said, this is about, the song is about Mark getting slipped a Mickey or who knows what drug, but probably a Mickey uh, in his drink. And then his girlfriend having to drive him home and him just like freaking out. Um, and when you, when he says girlfriend, this is probably like in the mid nineties, you know, when he was a fucking kid, <laughs> but writing about this when he's 45 years old, but whatever, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Emotionally undeveloped. That's fine. <laughs> What's a cool song. I like this song. It is. Tom's it guitar is. riff trippy, actually man. has some cool nuance to it, right? He can finally present mm-hmm. like a clean riff that starts someplace and ends someplace. Cause like the riff starts off pleasant and quaint and it goes into like this flat, like minor kind of area to add a little uneasiness to it towards the end. And like in that one little riff, I think there's a lot of cool nuance to it. And I like it. I would agree. I would agree with you on that. It's good. It's a good riff. Good job, Tom. A lot of, a lot of noises. Like this is also, I feel like in, on this record, this is one of the more complex songs production wise. Like there's a lot of noise, a lot of ambience, a lot of just noise, like, but necessary noise to, to, to match a certain um, feel to, to the song to match what he was singing about. I think this is a re- I think this is a really underrated song. Really, really is. Doesn't fit the canon of the band or really this record, but it's still yeah. a good song. This might be like the heaviest song they've ever written. It's because that bass is so thick. It's a it's thick like, bass line. Even even like like Mark right like even like the, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no no. <laughs> this is still like heavier yeah. than that. Right, fight 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 in the gravity. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Like it's that's that's heavier. Like they took that it makes no sense thing and just made it heavier. Yeah, they did. They did. It's good. So I I just looked up the, what we were talking about earlier that that the reason uh, talking about the production and and what was mic'd up to make that rattling sound. So what it was was they ran a drum mach- a drum machine through Mark's bass amp, and they turned the volume up really loud. And it sh- the, according to them, according to Mark and Chris Holmes, one of the co-producers. It shook the entire building, and they noticed that one of the the fixtures in the control room was shaking. So they mic'd up that fixture, fixture, and that's where they got that sound from. So that's no. that's the story there. That's stupid. There you go. Yeah. Had to get it right. Had to get that story right. Had to get it right. So yeah, that's a good one. My eleven B though, still okay. a solid song. That's still okay. a solid song. So what else you got? Um, I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Let's see. Because I can talk for days. Let's do let's do uh let's do MH. Let's do Mark's song. Let's do, Lower yeah, do tier, Snake Charmer. Okay. We gotta do we gotta talk about natives. Gotta talk about all of them. I mean Yeah. We can skip this as home. We can skip Love is Dangerous. Love Love. That's all I want to talk about is talk about the ridiculous chorus. Yeah, I don't know. At okay, least so let's talk let, about MH yeah, and then and MH. then natives. And ghost. And up all night. Yeah. Goes anyway. we can skip. Yep. Up all night seven B, that's right. MH is MH four eighteen twenty eleven is my uh number ten. My ten B. What do you got on this? Like, one? Oh my god. You and your fucking <laughs> you just, you just, you're so you're so you're like a one sided dice. It's just no, no matter I'm just what being you roll, honest, it always man. comes not... up Tom. No matter what you roll, comes up Tom. That's it. Because he does he does it better on this record. I oh I, my god. I don't make the rules. Do I don't better, make the though. rules. I don't make the rules, man. He only does it better because there is like contrast because somebody allows him to be better. Otherwise, he's just fucking annoying. <laughs> just saying. It's causing him to see some. MH 418 2011. That bass slide in the intro. Did you catch that one? 
It is sick. Yeah. It is. Delia bass. Barrel. <laughs> this is again. This is just a good little classic blink punker type song. It's it's fine. Tom throws in some quick chicka chickas, uh, you know, with the little subtle feedback there. It's good, but like, dude, fucking Mark's like vocals in the pre-chorus are so smooth. It's just like he's it's just like mm-hmm. he's talking. And remember, I, I talked about how uh, my favorite Tom line was, "You driving me crazy." But like my favorite crazy. Mark line here is when he says, "Nothing takes root in this barren soil. Nothing takes oh, root yeah, in good. this barren soil. barren soil." Oh man, that <laughs> I get weak on that one too. Like those two that's lines, that's a really good one. Back to back, I can listen to those two all yeah. over and over and over. I just love the way he sings it. It is that yeah, that is a really that is really fucking good. Like he like he's like, nothing takes root in this barren soil. It's like he's soil. whispering to just me. Like he's just telling me, like, "Hey, psst, Jeff." Nothing takes root in this barren soil. And then he goes back into playing. Oh, it's like when you're watching a band play, and he looks at you and he winks, you know? Like, that's what you, that's what you live for. <laughs> <laughs> this never happened to me, but I can, uh, yeah, I can imagine that's what, that's what people feel. <laughs> That'd be cool if like, we went to a Blink show and Mark and Tom both looked at me and winked at the same time. <laughs> at the same time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that is so stupid. Yeah, and and the the beginning of the chorus where he, where he just kind of yells, "Hold on, Hold the worst on. is yet to come. Save your money for higher guns." I do like how he kind of he he extends that that melody out, the beginning of the melody out. It's good. He, the, he the, does, those words. His three parts are all vastly different. The verses, right, are just like very fast. Like coming in, coming in, dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. and then like yeah. the pre-chorus, like the, the, the kind of the softer, somber thing, and then the chorus is more like a, like a I'm belting it out. It's like a ballad. Three, yeah. three very different ways of him singing. You don't get that with Tom. Tom doesn't do this in one in one song. Not three different ways That's of singing. True, yeah. I I didn't think about that till right now, but yeah, going through it, the first verse is very sing-songy, kind of pop punky. The pre-chorus is, has this very melancholy kind of plus 44 thing. And then the chorus is just a ballad. That's what it is. It's a fucking ballad. Yeah. I know it really is. Yeah. This is a pop line up ballad. Up on the wall. Coming out. Wait. Line up coming up on the in. Wall. Coming in. Kill the radio. Some, something in LA. <laughs> giving up. Giving in to a feeling of. Violent. Wait. So living in the past, hear me. That's now. very, dude. That's very nine sounding. Oh, that that, that melody is. right there. That's very so nine. bouncy, so bouncy. Oh. But it works in this song because there's so much more to contrast that. But on nine, that's every song, every verse, every chorus is that same thing. Here's so what, you're here's just what, like, it's. Tiresome. Here's what kind of irritates me, okay? Also, th- here's why I always Don't get pissed me. off in, at neighborhoods, too. Now I'm getting a little more irritated with it, too. Is <laughs> on, on Tom's best songs, Mark is always there to, like, make him be better. Make him sound better. Make him transition better. But, like, this is a dumb song. There's not a lot Tom could have done on this song. I get it. But, like, yeah. Tom is almost, like, non-existent. You take him out entirely, the song doesn't change. Well, but, the, Tom wasn't involved in this song. But he, he still he plays do guitar. Does he not play guitar? No, in this he doesn't. Song? No, no, he he didn't do anything on the song. He didn't play guitar in the song. No, he did, he didn't. Who played guitar did in the song? Mark did. Oh well, that's fucking why. Yeah, Mark did. Mark did all the guitars and the bass what? and vocals. Yeah. See that fucking here? Tom's such a butthole. He's such a wiener. The only thing Tom had to do with this song was the title, because he convinced Mark to keep the title because he thought it sounded like a virus. That's that's. 
but that's that's the extent of Tom's involvement in this song. And that's that's annoying because it's just like, dude, Mark always, no matter what song it is, Mark will always try and make Tom sound better. He will always try and make him be better to like put his best effort forward. And it's just mm-hmm. like on every one of Mark's songs, quote unquote, Mark's song on this on this album, Tom doesn't doesn't do really anything to make yeah, it better. That's true, and that's, that's fucking true, annoying. No, it's not annoying. It's it's, it's annoying. nice to hear Mark write a good song by himself without the help of anybody else. Time. I like it. I like this. I like this a lot. But like, clearly, Tom cannot write great songs without Mark. Oh Angels my God, and Airways, dude, the vast so majority dumb. of Angels and Airways is fucking garbage. We just talked <laughs> about it on the rankings episode 30 <laughs> minutes ago. The vast majority of Angels and Airways is absolute <laughs> trash. Tom cannot write great, great songs. <sighs> Wooden Toe, we excluded in Life Forms, but he just can't well, do Forms, it. Life Forms, he co wrote with Elon, but that's more to prove your point, but still wanted to correct you. Can't do it. And really, um, really, like Wooden Toe is is only great. I really do think Wooden Toe is only great because nostalgia hits hard. Oh, it's so hard on that. Like that objectively, album. if you gave Wooden Toe to anybody else that did not even like Blink at all in any capacity, they're not going to like that shit. They are not going to like it at <laughs> no. all. But also, I mean, as much as we rave about that record, we make fun of it almost as much because it's fucking ridiculous. It's a ridiculous album, it's but silly. I love it. It's over the top. So over the top. Man, Love me. Tom's funny. fucking annoying. He's just a baby. Oh, he's the best. Tom is the best. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. He's dying. <sighs> Lyrically, what do you have on uh, MH? I just, I just got out of my notes here. Well, that's oh. fun. So, oh. so the, yeah, the, the title MH four eighteen twenty eleven that just you know stands for Mark Hoppus and the day that uh, he wrote the song. That's yeah. that's the meaning behind the title. That's it. Nothing else. But um, I, 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 I like the idea of Mark just thinking about how shitty a lot of people in the world live because that's kind of what he was talking about. Yeah. Like in his his synopsis of the song, um, I also like to think of the the, the whole shadow of a helicopter line. It's like mm-hmm. if you think of like blades of a helicopter spinning round and round, right? Like blocking the sun, so you get like all those moments of darkness. But in those like moments of darkness, you also get light. So I like to think of 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 that kind of like. Like he's seeing the glimpses of hope, glimpses of light coming from these shitty areas okay. or these these poverty stricken worlds that he's thinking about while he's writing the song. Yeah, I like okay, that. I like that. I like that. Well, optimism, 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 Op- optimism, negativity, oh, optimism, optimism, optimism. I don't, I don't, I don't think I said that, but I said something <laughs> weird. Opti- yeah. Optimism. Not okay. It certainly wasn't right. Whatever you said. <laughs> it certainly wasn't. <laughs> it certainly wasn't right. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I know it's not supposed to be that. <laughs> oh man. That's good. Oh shit. So um are we good with MH? Yeah, we're good with MH. We good with the Mark songs. Can we talk about Tom Moore and how great he is? That's really are what we, I want. Are we do. done with the Mark songs? Oh my god. I dude. think so, yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yes. kaleidoscope. We can do kaleidoscope. Yes. Let's, let's do no, kaleidoscope. What was that? Like fourteen B? It's my twelve. It's my twelve. Dude, what are you doing? What is your and, deal? <laughs> well, a Tom song is my least favorite, and that's "Love Is Dangerous." That song's love. Ooh, ooh. But my God, in "Love Is Dangerous," you know you love singing that chorus. You know you love singing that chorus. I mean, that's like you just said it with the with the wooden toe thing. We like singing that chorus because it's so stupid. But also in in "Love Is Dangerous," there's. Uh, uh, Mark does some really cool stuff here. Like a lot of his his harmonizing and the backup vocals in that song, fucking solid. 
Dude, really, he also does really a lot of cool stuff. stuff on the bass. Like, there's a lot yes. of aggressive, distorted bass here. Yeah, but really, like really cuts beat. through that mix. Love his bass line, the riffs, like the broken cymbal beat Travis throws out. Like, there's a lot of cool shit that goes on in Love is Dangerous. Like, the worst part is just Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I agree. I agree with you on that. And really, this Love is Dangerous is like the extension of I'm Lost Without You from the last song on uh, the Untitled record. And it, it makes sense. They're similar in, in style. That's for sure. More the ballad, the the kind of annoying Tom. But I still love it. Love and to like, sing it. Dude, like it's a closer. And and we just got MH. And MH is just like an objective banger. It's just it's easy to get into. Yeah. It's fun. Like you can't follow up with, with something like Love is Dangerous after MH. Like either should have been like... <laughs> Like even if she falls, right? That that would have been a better closer than Love Is Dangerous, or just accept the fact that Love Is Dangerous sucks. Like that's that's your only two options. But I mean, they kind of did it on the the Unentitled album too. They had an absolute banger Mark song, and then there was I'm Lost Without You. Well, it's, I, I, the Unentitled record. I don't know what the fuck they were doing as that <laughs> album ended. Yeah, like, I mean, like, here's really, your letter. Come on, let's let, let's. Yeah. let's Let's talk about the ending of that album, okay? After Easy Target, right? Let's talk about as after Easy Target. Easy Target. All of this, all of here's this. your letter. I'm without yeah. you. I'm lost without you. Like, like yeah, it should have ended four, with all of this. Yeah. It should have been Easy Target. Here's your letter. All of this done. I agree. Call it. Well, uh, I feel like it should have been. Here's your wait. Did you say here's your letter? Then Easy Target. Easy Target. Here's your letter. All of this. No, no. I think it should have been. Here's your letter. Easy Target. Then all of this because. Easy Target has to bleed into all all of this because it's the same riff. I don't I don't like that though. I don't like that. But it, whole thing. but it's the same riff. It, it's got to bleed. It has to go into all of this. It's the same end, thing. End with with. I just oh, yeah. no no it because you, with, I think all of this is a better ending to that record. Take I'm Lost Without You. Put it as a B side. End it with all of this, but you gotta have Easy Target right before it because the Easy Target's too short of a song. It's more Easy Target is more of an interlude that goes into all of this as the as the actual song. Much like Hearts All Gone interlude goes into the Hearts All Gone song. That's I mean, like I, I I get the riff; it's the same exact riff. Yes, it's something that short. It's like fucking two and a half minutes. It's longer than than the interlude itself, and it's longer than Go. And it's probably true. Uh, than that's true. That's a good this. point. I don't know. That's a good point. But, that record falls apart, man. Like straight up, it just does. It, it, that <laughs> last, the last four songs just don't make any fucking sense to me. Uh, you better watch yourself. You better watch. I'm just it. saying. Watch what you say. Cause them a season. Watch what you say. Cause them a season. I know you don't like. I'm lost without you. Nobody likes that fucking song. I do song. like that song. No, you I don't do like it. It's, it's like, the worst song on the it's record. It's like sixteen minutes of bullshit. It's so fucking long. It's it's lit, it's it's literally like thirty five percent of the album. That's how long it uh. is. 35 oh come on dude it's not that fucking long it's like five minutes long it's at least six minutes long oh god you're exhausting <laughs> it's, it's like 620 six it's long. 620 it's six minutes that's and 20 fucking seconds. long yeah it it's is like long. double the time of everything else <laughs> that's a long fucking it's like song. an angel and airwave song you know they're long songs too anyway uh, we're not talking about unentitled i we let's do that episode right now too i don't know we could we could oh jesus christ um well, you don't want to talk about kaleidoscope but i like kaleidoscope so we can talk about it. I'm, I, I'll, I can talk about every song on here. Kaleidoscope, Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope is good because this is another example of, of Tom comes in hard with the chorus, but it wouldn't be this hard if it wasn't for Mark. Just saying. <laughs> it's the fourth time uh, and I'm worried. Worried of a bad dream of a journey. 
on a highway. But like, the don't valley. forget, Mark. Mark's like singing that lower kind of like stuff. Michael, he's talking stuff. He says, "Put the butterfly in the bell jar," and he goes down, right, with the notes. He goes yeah. down, 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 down. And also, Tom comes in. It's the first time that I worried. Comes out of nowhere, dude. Just like, comes why are you so aggressive? Why are you yelling? Who? Why are you yelling? <laughs> I think this is a this is a perfect example of like. Uh, an indicator that they record they they wrote these songs separately yeah because this this song does not it does not flow whatsoever i mean you have that that really kind of shitty guitar riff that opens the song it's very amateur sounding even mark is better than that when it comes to to writing riffs because that that certainly is not that's not a that's not a tom riff that's, that's no not that's a not a tom riff that's a that's and, a really and, silly staccato thing yeah, and we know that that Mark can do better, you know. So I I don't know. I just it's not that 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 riff is not great, not great. Um, but you know that that verse, man, the verse is so so plus forty four. It has that feel. It has that kind of that that lower melancholy sad sound to it. But yeah, then Tom comes in way too fucking hard, way too fucking. Hard. I mean, I like I like how aggressive <laughs> it is because it's so over the top. And it's so it's so Tom. Do you ever do you ever listen to like any just Blink One Eighty Two in general, and think like I wonder if this would have hit as hard if we just switch roles? Like could this like what would this sound like had we just switched roles? Let's just switch roles. So Tom is doing the softer like verse, and then Mark no, comes in hard. No, Mark's not good at coming in hard. He can't. He can't come in hard. He that's can't. not his. That's not what he can no, do. But Tom that's not can a strong still. Point. But like if you put Tom in the verse, it would still it would still be fine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because it's because Tom sings in a higher register and Mark is only good. He's best when he does lower. And we see it all over California and all over nine. Mark just sings way too high. And so does Matt Skiba. They both sing way too high. And had they both sung in, in a lower register, those two albums honestly could have been so much better, so much fucking better had they sung to their strengths. Um, so yeah, yeah, hitting having Mark hit a hit a chorus that hard it would never work because, or we've seen it not work many times in in those two, Skiba those two Feldman records. It's funny that Tom has a higher register, but Mark has has a wider range vocally. Yeah, that's Tom true. Does. That's true. Yeah, he's better. Ah oh, man, but you need that contrast. Blink is the contrast between the two voices. That's really what it is. You've got to have that. Anyway, so yeah, that's fine with Clarence. We can move on. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I don't really care for the lyrics there. I think they're pretty surface level. Just talking about yeah. the the rigors of touring. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so what else? So we've done love, uh, kaleidoscope. Uh, we're, I, yeah, I don't care to talk about this is home. I'm fine skipping that, even though we briefly talked about it. Let's get into natives. Want to do natives? Natives is a must, right? We have okay. to talk about Tom using riffs, melodies. That's <laughs> That's what he loves to do. That's, that's fine. That they're his. Kind of his signature. That's What's hit, wrong with that? They're his. What's wrong with um, that? I mean, like he does it a lot, though. It's not just like one or two things. Like ten times. He does it twice on this record. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like, like, like the whole uh, Angels and Airways, the adventure. He uses that thing like four fucking times. Yeah. Young and London. He does it. There's actually um, like a there's yeah. there's a little subreddit too about Tom reusing old riffs, and there's just it's a lot. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. He's not like an accomplished guitar player, and even like an accomplished guitar player, they're gonna reuse shit. I mean, look at even Eddie Van Halen. 
we've we've talked about As it a, before. We've talked about it before that if I wrote the Eminem's riff, that yeah, I'd fucking be putting that motherfucking thing in any song that I possibly could. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, we're shit talking him, but I think it just it, it needed to be brought up and needed to be acknowledged. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. It, I'm just saying it exists. It's yes. there. Do yes, with that what you will. And I like it. I think it's fun. I, I like that that signature riff that he does. I really, really enjoy it. I don't it, like it, it here. Uh, why? I just don't. I don't like it Wait, here. Because do you like it on on one more time on that album? One more time. What song does he? What song does he do it on? I can't even think of the name right now. Well, you said the Young London, and then and, and, um, well, that's Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, but I I don't I don't I don't remember what he did on the on the new. No, it was the the Olay song. Ole, 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 ole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing it yeah. all night long. What's the song? Is it all night long? What is the song now? I think it's called. What the fuck is that song? Doing it all night long. I don't know. Oh, this is going to bug me. I don't know. Well, look it up. But look it up as I. As I, as I yeah, yeah. Continue the joke. Peel here. Um, I, I do like I do like how he kind of throws it back to like the M&Ms. You know, like that that riff. That's fun. I like I like that we're we're acknowledging where we came from. I just don't yeah. like that it lasts so long, and then like the song, it does gets, last a long time. and the, because the song gets into a, a a groove that is so far detached from that sound, and so it's either incorporate that riff into the actual song itself, or just cut it in half, make people like, oh yeah, I remember that, and then like go off, because once he actually starts singing, it's fucking nothing. I'm like a cat in the can, like I'm a cat in the broom groove. Like the way he fucking sings is so weird. It, it, it's it's like he's it. plugging his nose and like trying not to like sound like he's plugging his nose. It's like when you just oh, wake up man. in the morning and somebody calls you and you're like trying to pretend like yeah. you can just wake up. You know, like you you try and like oh, I alter do your voice. <laughs> I do it for work. I do it for work all the time because when, <laughs> when I work from home, I wake up like five minutes before I'm supposed to start. So if I get a call like right at eight o'clock, my voice is all still super low. So I'll put on like a high. I'll put a, try to put on a higher tone, and it sounds so stupid. <laughs> That's what Tom sounds like here when he oh, starts man. singing. He sounds like it sounds like he's sick or something, and he's trying to sing as if he's not sick. That's 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 like the vibe I'm getting from his voice here. But um, yeah. but um, so wait, so so the the um the song off one more time is "Dance with Me." Oh Come yeah, on, dance with me. <laughs> That's one of my bottom tier songs on that album. Yeah, it's one of the weaker ones on the song for sure, on the album for sure. Still great though, still a great song. Love one more time. I'll probably listen to that album tonight after we finish potting. Damn son, I got nobody home. I'm by myself tonight. Just me and Rupert and Archimedes. Just the three Damn, of us. This, you know, like Just a, the three of us. Sound like a Lord of the Rings movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> Rupert's like a troll, or like with like a normal name, and then Archimedes is like the archer. He's like Legolas or something. <laughs> Jesus. Oh shit, that was stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what? What I also like, like love about natives, not only the riff because I do love that riff that he recycles, um, is uh, in the verses. Like he'll he'll when Tom's playing guitar, he plays plays a couple a couple chords or whatever, and then he lets it ring out, and then it's just Travis just on the drums doing that really cool. I don't know what kind of beat it is. Not like a samba beat. But he's playing it kind like of a really like a, rad that little beat. like disco thing, like that, 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 that bass hi hat yeah. snare hi hat bass hi hat that boots. Yeah, but it, and it's cool because it, it it's like because the whole the whole every line is like a is a bar I believe. So it's just it it's Tom hitting hitting a few like hitting like 
hitting a few chords, let it ring out with the drums, and then the next line does it does it again and again and again. And I just I love just how simple that whole that whole piece of songwriting is. It's so effective and it works and it's exciting and the ups and downs of it. It's just I mean, Tom could have easily just just played power chords during this entire just played the those that the same chord progression during the entire verse. But he decided to just let it ring out and let parts of the song actually fucking breathe. I love it. I love it. It's great fucking songwriting. And he does. He uh, has some good fucking lines in here too. He just does. Even in the first, the first two lines, like "I'm the prodigal what son, God. a shameful <laughs> prodigy too." To use like the prodigal prodigy thing, like in the same line, yeah. that's it's good. That's, that's ballsy, man. That's like like you got to be very, very confident in your songwriting to be able to throw like those kind of words because nobody uses those words in like normal vernacular. Nobody does that shit. I like that. I I do too. And then he starts like the first half when while he's playing guitar, he starts like it's in a higher higher register, and then he kind of brings it down a little bit lower. Yeah. So it's like I'm like a rat in a cage, locked up and battered and bruised. I'm like a prodigal son. <laughs> it's like it's, uh, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. It's I love it, man. It's so fucking great. Uh yeah. But this is definitely one where Travis Travis really churches things up here. He really churches things up, and I think that's what it is. I, I don't know what the exact phrasing is, but I always just call it like a disco beat that like that booms, 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 like that kind of yeah. thing. It's a very disco-y feel to it. Um, Corn does a lot too. Oh yeah, well especially like with the second drummer, but yeah, David used to do it a lot too. But David was wild. He was a wild drummer. Well, 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 wild <sighs> crazy kids. So, so what? Another thing too. So so when Tom is singing in the verse, he's doing the high to the low on each line. And when Mark's doing the chorus, he's doing the low to the high. So he starts off oh, yeah, just a bastard child. Don't let it go to your head. And so it's the low to the high. So it's the opposite of what Tom's doing. And it's so simple, man. So easy, easy peasy. Damn, right there. But that's mm, blink mm, is perfect. Mm, mm, mm. I never, blink I is never perfect. even like, caught onto that because you're right. He goes, I'm like, can in a cage when men are in and then Mark goes the other way, so it's like a like the yeah. like a canyon, right? Like going oh, down. I love it, man. And like the the post chorus yeah. thing, the, let me go, go, let me go, go. Like that thing's just bridging the two things, and let's let's start over again. <laughs> it's incredible songwriting, man. I like that. I don't give a fuck. It's so good. Blink is the best. This record is so underrated, right? Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's underrated, yes. But it's like it's still good. Like everybody knows this. I've I've, I've never said this was like a shitty record. I've always just said like your stupid Jeff. thing. This is their best fucking record. That's Jeff. just silly boy talk. It's not their best record. Jeff, Jeff, what? Come on, come on. You for year for at least five years. All you did was or more than five years. All you did like was shit on this record. Years. What? It was like 15, 20 years that you've shit on this record. Yeah, the record hasn't been around for fifteen years. But that's twenty years. Math. I said twenty years. Math. Math. Um, I remember the, I remember the exact moment that you changed your mind on this record. So what it was, was you were, you were, you had just moved out to Arizona. You were out here visiting and, and I, I kept telling you while you were out here, you got to listen to neighborhoods, listen to it, listen, listen to, listen to this and dogs eating dogs like 10 more times. You'll love the record. And I, I just like bang that into you, you know, while you, while you were here. And then on your, your drive home from California back out to Arizona, you listen to Neighborhoods and then you text me after it was over and you said, wow, this record is really fucking good. That was the moment that you realized how great this fucking record is and how great Tom is. There you go. Boom. Roasted. 15 years. 
I've been shit. I feel like this is going my wrap up anyway, but we'll get there later. Well, as we're done now, I don't know. No, no, I'm. I still want to talk about, you know, up all night, ghost, maybe. I don't know. I mean, we can talk about ghost. God, that song is. Let's talk about why you love ghost so much. I do have a lot of positive <laughs> things about this. I just don't think overall it's a good What's song. What's your issue? So, I first of all, your issue th- th- like, I, it, it irritates me that this whole record starts off with ghost. Ghost is a very aggressive angels and airwaves sounding song. It's not mm-hmm. terrible. I don't like Tom's vocals here. I just don't fucking like him. The verses are better than the chorus. I like Travis on the song. Mark's mm-hmm. harms are good, but I don't like I don't like the fact that we're starting a new era of Blink off with an Angels and Airwaves kind of sounding song, and it fucking irritates me. Is it because of the synth? Yeah, that's a, it's an aggressive synth sound. And even like later on in the song, it's like we're doing it again. Although the later synth sound and the, and, and the later synth sound. Mm-hmm. The sound later on in the song, it's a very like Reggie and the Full Effect kind of like moogy, distorted synth sound, and that's a little bit better. Yeah, but it's just like I don't, I don't like, I don't like that we're already starting like blink off on a new chapter, and we're just we're just trying to be angels and airwaves, just a little bit, a little bit punker. Yeah, the I mean I do agree with you that the synth is a little little loud. I don't I don't want to say too much because I still really like it, but it definitely is. It's it's loud in the entire mix. And it does drive the the beginning, the intro of this song and the record in general. But when it comes to like the big bombastic drums, ever since Travis joined the band up to this point, they, every album has had a big kind of drum intro or a big intro in general. You look at uh, Dumpweed, you look at Anthem Part 2, and you look at Feeling This, all huge, huge like drum type parts or anthems in a way. They're all they're all huge sounding to, to really catch the attention of the listener and i have no issue with that i really really don't and i do like this like i do love angels and airwaves. i like it it's good you you're just garbage you're, you're such a hater of angels and airways for no no fucking reason you just i'm wanna... a hater of angels and airways because a lot of their stuff is just objectively not good it's fucking boring <laughs> like it really is like love uh, dreamwalker love part two insert other record that i forgot what the name is there i empire, like, the, I empire. see the god Damn, that stuff is just bad. Everything, everything's magic. Oh, that song's terrible. Yeah, we're just gonna bring up other reused fucking things here. Okay. I know, right? It's so it's, oh my god, it's insane. I hate uh, it the part two, but I love everything's yeah. magic. That's what you just said. I do no, honestly, I do. How do you like hate it the part two, but you like everything <laughs> the same fucking song? Well, just the just that that guitar part, that's it. Otherwise, the melody, everything else is different. Do you ever look to me? <laughs> you can't keep up. <laughs> he is like trying to sing faster than he can actually sing. His brain is telling his mouth to do things it's not possible to do. <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's the best way of trying to sing that song, too. Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was so good. Oh, shit. But yeah, everything's magic is better than Anthem Part Two. I don't make the rules. Oh, man. Uh, back to Ghosts on the Dance Floor. Okay, thanks. Take take the intro out. Um, you drop into that verse. I'll never let you down, boy. I'll never let you go. That's oh, the way he Very, says it. I'll never oh, let you it. down, boy. It's like boy. Like, that's, what he's, <laughs> that's what he's trying to say. He just hears that 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 Poway accent. Never let you down, boy. Oh, man. And I love singing the second line, the end of the second line, where he says, so innocent and scary. Scary. <laughs> Dad. 
So tell me that you're here, boy. Boy. Oh, man. So annoying. I love it. And come on, you can't tell me you don't like... Yeah, you don't like that chorus. And just kind of that that kind of like off guitar part that he plays, that clean guitar that he plays. Oh, I love it. It's just it's perfect, man. It's quirky, it's different. It could have been a really, really cool song. They they still could have kept kept like the quirkiness because it is a cool like riff because it's so stupid. It's just like the downs like But we we could have done something better that just wasn't Tom trying to be like up his own ass and that's that's really why I don't like the song also is because it just sounds like Tom is just trying to like like assert dominance over this this band and say like you're lucky I'm back here's what I want to do and I'm gonna fucking do it I don't care if it sounds like shit I'm just gonna fucking do it and I want it to be the opener I get it I get that and I agree with you I feel like this is this is a Tom song asserting his dominance on the band or at least on Mark not on Travis but on Mark, yeah, certainly. doesn't give a fuck what happens. He just wants a paycheck. That's he just wants to hang out with the buds. That's what he wants. To do. He just wants to hang out with the with his buds. Does, does Travis even care about hanging out with the buds, or does he really just like playing drums and making money? He just wants to play drums. That's all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, give the drummer something. That's an album, dude. That's a shitty album, dude. <laughs> and then the, the the drum solo during the bridge. Comes out of nowhere, um, but I, I like it. It's not bad. It's uh, whenever it's they they do play this song live still, and it's this big thing that when Travis does the drum solo and the bridge, and it's still cool when they play this live. So I guess like like this is one of the times where and Blink doesn't do this often because Blink usually start off albums, and their first like four songs are usually at least like fifty to seventy five percent just absolute bangers, but for me. Neighborhood starts slow. Neighborhood starts okay. slow. We don't get into it until after midnight, the four track in. And if you take the deluxe songs out, then it's like we really don't get into this album and get to like the good, good shit until like halfway through the album. Like that's where the, like a burger, right? You get the the, the bun and then the patties in the middle. Like that's this album. Deluxe <laughs> album or deluxe songs out. You don't like buns? Come buns on. are fine. But I don't, I don't eat fucking burgers because I want buns. I eat burgers because I want the fucking meat. No, and no condiments, right? No, no, no. So fucking boring. No, I like <laughs> I like barbecue and okay, wing sauce. That's fair. You put wing sauce on your burgers? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, that's different. That's certainly different. Do so you put like spicy? Uh, I put like peppers and shit in my meat and ground that shit in there. Maybe get like pepper jack cheese and then wing sauce mm. on the top. Or even like right. saute onions in like wing sauce and a little bit of oil. <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. 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 Ghost on the I Dance Floor. That's it. Yeah. Lyrically, I, I like the, the lyrics on this one too. You know, it's it's it, it's about, you know, hearing music or a song that reminds you of somebody who's who's passed on and just kind of like that nostalgia and how you don't want the song to end because you want to you want to have that you want to keep that feeling for as long as you can and and i guess after after um tom wrote the lyrics to the song or he, they finished this song travis called tom and said because this is right after djm had died and uh, called tom just like weeping saying you know this song means so much and all this kind of stuff because it reminded him of djm who survived the plane crash with travis and, but then died a year after of a drug overdose after he had been sober for like 12 or 13 years 
relapse. Like the first time he goes back to drugs, he relapses. Yeah. Or the first time he goes, he relapses, he, he overdoses dies. and dies. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. But anyway. 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 Owen too. Ghost on on the dance floor. Since you've been very reluctant about talking about up all night, that's fine. We don't have to talk Eat about it. Me up all night. Amazing pre chorus. I really do like that riff. Also, that riff dates back to the untitled era. There's actually a video of them recording or writing and re- writing and recording from that album cycle, and Tom was playing that riff, but they scrapped the riff um, during the recording process. So, wanted to throw that it's, one out there. It's fine. It's my seven B. I think Tom's vocals on this one just sounds so lazy. But um, <laughs> I don't know. This, this one's already heavier sound than like anything they've done here. Like it's the heavy distortion is 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 nice. Mm-hmm. There's, there's very like deep heavy beats here mark's baseline usually always seem to to land on that low e to be extra dramatic right if he's squirreling up and down at least he lands in that low e and lets that ring out a little bit it's kind of nice it's all right the last part's the yeah. best part for me like it's just it's just kind of like the heavy. Them jamming see that's my least favorite part it's, it's not necessary but like it's cute it's good because it's not stupid it's not kind of stupid it is but I, I also like this is the not the maybe no it's not the only time, but they uh, Mark and Tom go back and forth in the actual verse. They yeah. switch off lines. They Mark does two lines. Mark do, or Tom does two lines. Mark does two, and then back and forth, and then uh, Tom does the chorus. But the but then obviously too, like Mark the up all night part is dumb. And all these demons, <laughs> they, they keep, keep me up all night. It's it's just stupid. But I love the beginning of it, which I would technically consider the pre-chorus. But it's let me get this straight. Do you want me here? Engineer as I struggle through. He, his voice cracks when he says through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up, Angel Airwaves. Oh, it's so amazing. But he's like he's doing that palm mute, the palm mute during the during that those first two lines. Perfect, perfect. Man, the more we talk about this record, the more it <sighs> irritates me. I just, oh, Tom, I love it fucking it. irritates me. This this discussion, this podcast, this episode has made me love this record even more. I'm so I'm, excited right I'm now. I'm not even lying to you. Like, I'm telling you the <laughs> truth that this, I like this record less. Oh, you're so dumb. You're so dumb. Like, I would change. I don't know why I listed this as a banger. Up, up All Night is not a banger for me. This is an okay song. I'm changing my notes right <sighs> Dude, now. It's an absolute banger. Absolute banger. I, I just changed my notes. <sighs> All right, man. All right. I think we've we've got through everything, right? We got through everything except for this oh, is home. Snake Charmer. Fine. Snake Charmer. We didn't talk about that one. Love Snake Charmer. That's a banger. What What does that one sit for you? I mean, that's like I think that was my last or third B on the deluxe. Why do I not have that? Yeah. It's either my third yeah. or fourth B in the deluxe version. Okay. Or like this, the, is, my, this is my songs. six B overall. This is my. This would be my second B on on the deluxe, but my sixth overall. My my only negative is I would prefer the synth in the intro to just be com- gone completely. Just let the bass like kind of run its course like, until like the mm-hmm. modulated riff thing. Um, but it's 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 fine. It's, it's fine. a quirky kind of riff too. That that big heavy thing that he does. Yeah. That It's just that kind of ascending thing that he does. It's a. It's cool, man. It's different. Certainly different. Mm-hmm. And the way he sings too. Stutter oh, so and top. a waver, cutting like, like a razor. A razor. Like, th- like this is one where, the... where he actually is like saying words, and you kind of visualize what is happening in this weird abstract yeah. kind of way. 
And I like that, like cutting like razor, like fire through the snow. And it's just like, that's cool. Then straight down to the bone. That's, I like that. That's good, man. It's really good. And of course, like, I, I love when people say spider. She creeps spider. like a spider. spider. So I just, I like it. I like the spiders. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a way of saying spiders, that's for sure. I just say, uh, yeah. Uh, the, cor- the chorus, though, is a little underwhelming on this one. It's not super catchy, um, but. Whatever, it's still good. I I like the chorus. I like the chorus a lot. Like it's, I think dun, it's it's dun, very. Dun, 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 dun. It's it's that it's that staccato. It's that broken up thing. And yeah. Again, remember we talked about like how how like when Tom does melody, he likes to chop things up, and so that's why it's 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 that's why I like when he says you're driving me crazy, you're driving me crazy, because he kind of go up and down in one thing without chopping it up. He likes to chop up choruses. He likes to chop up melodies. He likes to chop up notes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or he just he likes the way that sounds, but he like he chops up things all the time. He does, especially in in later Blink, like post. I would say post Unentitled. He does a little bit on un, Unentitled actually, but it's really after that that he really starts to chop it up. But even like in, in in every time I look for you, right? Like drive the point home. Like it's still chopped up. Same yeah, that's true. that's true. Like that's that's a chopped up melody, and like he could have went like I don't know. I, he he likes to chop them up. That's the point. <laughs> chop them up. Chop them up. Chop them up. Chop up. Chop up. All right. So one last thing, and then we'll wrap it up. I just want to talk about the artwork real quick. Unless you got anything else to say, I want to talk about the artwork briefly, and then we'll wrap it up. No, that's what that's think? all I got. I I do want to get into the artwork because it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So it was done it by this guy Mike Giant. Yeah, I don't like the artwork either. I I think the idea is cool. Um, it's just a black and white picture that this guy drew of a bunch of buildings it's i don't know i just don't really care <laughs> at least ha- add some color in there to pop i just to make dude, the picture we've already pop. seen we've already seen them do like pastel lighter colors right on self-entitled we saw the blue yeah. and the pink like why yeah. couldn't you just outline the blink 182 in pink or blue like that's all you needed to do or in to any save color. this or any color for that matter they could have done anything because it's yeah, a cool thing there's a lot of little like a lot of like dookie kind of like esque hidden like things going on here. Yeah, like that's what it is. That, that's, that's a perfect perfect thing to compare it to is the dookie cover. There's a lot going on, but when you really look at it, you're 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 noticing all the little different the, the, it's really the names. So so like all their kids' names are on are written somewhere on one of the buildings. Um, you know, DJ DJ AM who had just died prior to the to the making of this record. You know, his name is on there, their wives' names and all that kind of shit. So I do like the the little, they're almost like little Easter eggs. They're all in there, which I think, I thought was really cool. Here's but how like, here's how no, I would no change color. this just because I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. You, you listen to it. Here's how I would change this. I would outline Blink-182 in pink. I would just highlight it or out, not mm-hmm. highlight, but outline it in pink. And then for every little Easter egg, I would do that in, in that blue that's on the self-entitled. Oh, Okay. Just That's add more cool. color to this because everything just bleeds together. It just—it's a mishmash. It's—it it really is hard to read the blink part. You can see the 182 a little bit better, but the like the yeah. I and K part of the blink—it's fucking hard That's to true. read. You're right. You're right. I'm always right. I know. That's why I said yeah. it's a good album, though. All right, so let's um, let's get into our final thoughts. We'll rate the record based off of our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you got? Go. This is tough because this week was weird and I like this record. 
and I ranked it higher, but 30 minutes have passed. <laughs> and I, I really, it's, it's gone downhill a little bit. It's gone downhill a little bit just in these past 30 minutes, everybody. So I, I can't, it's not a perfect record. No way, because not all of these songs are perfect. There are songs on here that are not okay. This record is hit harder this week because of the rain, because of extraneous, 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 extraneous. What is an extraneous? Extraneous, 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 extraneous. Is that the extraneous? <laughs> is that the right word to describe what you're trying to say? Yeah, extraneous. Extraneous. Yeah, it means like like extraneous. <laughs> unrelated to to whatever the fuck I'm trying to talk about. Like unrelated to the point. Outside factors. Okay. Extraneous. Okay, all right. Ex- I don't think it's extraneous. I think it's extraneous. It, what did yeah, I say the first time? I don't know what you said. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then Continue due to the outside joke. factors, this this was this I I ranked this higher this week just because it hit harder, and that was my my goal was to just be like overly emotional, overly subjective, and to say what do I feel right now? Right now, after going through this episode, this is this is fallen like severely. This record is not, dude, this record is not better than Toy Pad. This record is not better than Self Entitled. This record is not better than Dude Ranch. This record is not better than Plus 44. This record is not better than Wooden Toe. So, um, it's still really, really good. I think some of their strongest melodies they've, like, ever really done because they've tried to make strong melodies where I'm like, Toy Pad, like, the melodies are just kind of there, but they're not, they're not deep. They're superficial. They're pop punky. They're Enema of the state E. Just a little bit better, so I get it. But these are or like worse. deep melodies. These are deep melodies. They're 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 supplemental. They're they're doing things. They're nuanced. So I give them that. This record is better than than a lot of people give it credit for, including myself, for the past fifteen years. So uh, stupid. I'll give it two point five. I'll settle on two point five. <sighs> I feel I feel comfortable settling on two point five. You know, I'm. I guess I'll have to accept that. I'll have to accept that. You're it's completely cool. wrong. I mean, that means I'll listen again. It's, uh, yeah, you're right. You you will listen again. I can guarantee that you will because it's too good. But two point five is still pretty low. Because there's some um, stupid fucking songs on here that I just I don't. One, I don't wish existed here on this album. And two, I wish some of these songs too were kind of cut short. Would you say that this album is better than One More Time? One more. Yeah. One more time. I do like one more time a lot. And that one, like, I just, it's, I'm still in that, 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 um, honeymoon phase where I'm just like, oh man, they're back, baby. Like, I'm just excited. I'm just excited. Like the rock coming out of retirement or something or fucking DX coming back all together. And you see them all together. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm back. They're back. Oh, I'm just excited. So I'm just, I'm still excited with, with, with one more time. But I'm under no, like, disillusion that in five years from now, one more time is going to be a bottom tier Blink album. <laughs> but I'll, I'll I'll ride that because I enjoy I enjoy hype I enjoy being happy in the you moment do. I don't I don't I don't like sitting there and fucking I hate hype oh this is a bad record and I'm not gonna enjoy myself at this moment right now um like other yeah people. hype sucks hype sucks it's, I'm, I wasn't talking about you I'm just saying I know people. I know what you're saying we've had many arguments in in our group chat um about my views on hype but um anyway. My final thoughts, I love this record. I think it's great front to back. It's fun front to back. 
Um, I, I do one, one thing I do wish is that Mark had a little bit more to do with, I don't want to say the songwriting, but just, I wish he had some more parts. I wish Tom hadn't hogged as much as he did of the, of the vocals and everything, but I still love it. And, um, I'm going to just blame Mark on that because Mark is a human, is, is an adult man. He can stand up for himself. He's not a child and he could have stood up to Tom, but he chose not to. So that's why his do you fault. blame why do you blame like the victim here? Like Mark's probably walking on eggshells just to make Tom happy because Tom's a little butt wipe. And like, just so you know, he pissed me off one fucking time. I'm leaving. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, that's probably so what dumb. happened. <laughs> Travis is in the back shaking his head like, good fucking good God. Just not, not even, not even. No facial expression, whatever. You're, you're lucky no you're making millions. You're good, God. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I love this record. I, I love the, the sound of it. Some people complain of like the production and it being a little bit too loud, but clearly it's, I mean, this is quiet compared to One More Time. Um, I, I do like it. I feel like I, I like the balance of, of tones and sounds and everything. I, I have no issue with that. Fuck what people think. I think it sounds better than most records, especially rock records that were made around this time that sounds so overblown and are just absolutely a wall of sound. Um, I don't know. I love this band. Love Tom and Mark. And uh, I'm going to give this a perfect three out of three. Of course. I don't do it off. I don't give out threes very Damn, often. This is I not really a don't. perfect record though. That's it what is I'm a perfect saying. record. It's not. It is. Good perfect Lord. Record. There are songs so, on here that are not perfect. Okay. Right. And even like even to like bypass the scale, I get it. Like sometimes I bypass the scale, and I will give records a perfect score, even though not every song on there is perfect. If they like transcend music and do something for, for either me and in in my personal life or music in general or the world, they change something. This does none of that. This has <clears throat> songs on here that are not perfect. This did nothing for the band. This is nothing for music. This is nothing for for this era of music. Like get the fuck out of here, perfect score. I I still think you you're you're still holding on to some of your 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 hatred of this album prior to the awakening from several years ago. Um that that's still like you know still is taking shape in your Dude, in your opinion. The, we talked but, about songs that are not perfect. Like what do you, what, we just went through this. Do you want to do it again? Love. You do want to do it again. That's the problem. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that song. So yeah, perfect three out of three for me. I don't do that often, obviously. Um, you're just talking. But, that's what, that's um, what people love to hear is when you don't give perfect ratings all the time. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Tell your friends. Follow us on social medias. And uh, Sad Boy Season coming up next on the pod. Sad Boy Season. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. And that's it. That's all. Let's go. I have like two favorite parts of this of this whole album. One is a Tom line, and one is a Mark line. But when Tom okay. says "driving me crazy," dude, I get weak. I'm crazy. I get weak. <laughs> <laughs> I get weak. A little optimism, 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 Op- optimism, the negativity, oh, optimism, uh, optimism, Op- optimism. I don't, I don't. I don't think I said that, but I said something <laughs> weird. Opti- yeah. Optimism. Not a it certainly wasn't right. Whatever it's, you said, <laughs> it certainly wasn't. <laughs> it certainly wasn't right. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I know it's not supposed to be that. <laughs> I know, right? It's so. It's oh me. my god! It's insane. 
I hate uh, Anthem Park too, but I love everything's yeah. magic. That's what you just said. I do. No, honestly, I do. How do you like hate Anthem Park too, but you like everything's <laughs> same fucking song? Well, just the just that that guitar part. That's it. Otherwise, the melody, everything else is different. Do you ever look speak to me? <laughs> you can't keep up. <laughs> he really is like trying to sing faster than he can actually sing. His brain is telling his mouth to do things it's not possible to do. <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's the best way of trying to sing that song, too. Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was so good.